guys welcome to beef's beef episode number 87 i'm back back in the booth baby yeah we but, missed you man to be honest the last episode was a great episode and it was a lot of fun hanging out with ryan i hadn't seen ryan since we went to the last basketball game but it felt natural doing it with him it did not feel like a normal beef's beef episode though i i don't know whether to take that as a compliment or what but well it's a compliment for both you and ryan is what it was yeah, like I don't know if it didn't feel like a normal one because it was better. You know, I'm just going to take it as a compliment because I'm conceited. Well, I can't trash either of you. I'm just glad, you know, that your surgery went good and that you're back 100% healthy Call me again. Caitlin. Yeah. Call me Caitlin. <laughs> you can't steal somebody else's name, bro. So, I'm sorry. Braniqua. There you go. Oh. All right, so one thing I do want to touch on, you all had a great segment that I loved. Because uh, despite what people think, I did actually listen to the episode. All right, and I actually shot both of you guys some text messages. True. A, no, I still will not go to a soccer game. B, yes, soccer still sucks. C, yes, soccer still sucks. Mind that bird. What about mind that bird? Oh, and yes, I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. The people want to know. Because I told somebody this story, and I'm glad that he put this in the recording yeah. so that this will bring up, and not I'm not like Theo Vaughn where I'm just making up random things just to make people think. Two, I think it was two, whatever year mind that bird won, 2009 maybe, I don't know. I looked it up actually, but I can't remember now off the top of my head. He was like, hey, can you, I have to work, can I give you the money? And go, and you make the bet for me. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Where do I got to go? He's like, you got to go to church on downs. Yeah. So first off, <laughs> not only did I go down there, I had to park at Cardinal Stadium. Right. Uh, which at the time was still Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Walk from there, over the bridge, over to church on downs. Right. Walk we parked the, on that big parking garage. or not? It's not a garage, but it's an outdoor parking lot. I know exactly where you're talking yeah. about. Walk all the way there through the crowd of people, dressed in like what I'm like dressed in now, like some khaki shorts and a t-shirt, and I, I get to the door and like out oh, sixty dollars, and I was like, for what? Yeah. I was like, all I'm here to do is just make bets, and they're like, still got to pay sixty dollars. You want to come through the gate? And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I gave them my money, and then I go in and I make the bets and I leave like an idiot. <laughs> not even thinking to myself dude i could just i could have walked in the infield and watched the the derby which as a louisvillian i've never done i've never been to derby oh man you gotta I, go at some you gotta point. take my louisville card i feel like for never going to no because i'll be honest it's not like i feel like it's overrated and overhyped so i'm not taking any man card any uofl card any whatever you want to call it with that being said i've had a lot of good memories from it yeah from what you remember I remember all of it because I've never lost any money. I'm like uh, – Easy there, LeVar Ball. Yeah, never lost. Never lost. <laughs> um, but the segment that I liked a lot was best and best and worst sports sporting event you've watched in person and best and worst you've watched on TV. Which, give credit to Ryan, he referenced this on the podcast last week, but that was 100% his idea, and he said it was a great story behind it. He was literally driving the car that day. We had already talked about a couple of things that we were going to discuss, and he was looking for something that he could add, and that's what popped into his head. And, man, it was – I loved it a lot. Absolutely. So, um, mine, I told you just a minute ago, it kind of sucks because I have a couple of them for it. But, like, 
That doesn't suck. That's good. Except yeah. for unless it's the worst. Is this the worst? Which category uh, the wor- is this one? The one that I have the most for is actually worst in person. Oh, okay. So that does suck. Yeah. yeah. But my best in person, I actually have two. Okay. Uh, first one. Uh, everyone will remember this game because of what happened during the game. 2013 Elite Eight game against Duke in Indianapolis. I was at that game. That was the yeah. year Louisville won the title. I don't care if you say, oh, they didn't win it. I'm not listening to that. (laughs) I was at that game. Uh, I actually sold my ticket to Zach. Tony sold his ticket to Greg. And we bought uh, front front row of the second level uh, tickets to the Elite Eight game because we wanted to be down there for that game. Like We wanted to feel like, okay, we don't need a telescope to see the court from where we're sitting at. We want to be in this. Right. So we bought front row. I saw Kevin wear his leg before they covered it up. And then I also saw that 20-point beatdown of Duke for us to move on to the Final Four and eventually win the title. One of those you liked, the other one you didn't. Yeah. So that's my first one of best in person. My second one. That's a good one to start off with. Second one. A lot of people remember this one. Uh, I did not expect this game to go this way. Uh, I I did expect this to win, but I thought this game was going to be really, really close. And I will say this. We got helped out a little bit by an injury to – when I say his name, it's going to give it away to Derwin James. But 2016, Louisville beat down to Florida State. I've never – I don't think I've ever been in a stadium, arena, anything that has ever been that loud in my life. Raucous. Dude, It. the game was at noon. I woke up at 4 o'clock – or I woke up at 3.30 in the morning to go to college game day. I was on TV tw- uh, like four or five times with the signs that my brother Matt made me. Yeah. Uh, it started Shout raining. Out to Matt. Yeah, it started raining at like ten or ten thirty. I ran back to the car, got in the car, dried off all my clothes, uh, walked, got out of my car, walked to the stadium at like eleven, and I was I was ready, sitting in the seat. You know, they played the Lee Corso pick up there, and our guest picker was uh, Layla Ali, and they played it up on the jumbotron, and dude, it was just hype from the beginning. Yeah. And we just beat the brakes off them. And then me and Tony drove around the city of Louisville playing different uh, Louisville songs and <laughs> all the way up by uh, Fat Joe, which apparently he stole from someone else. Mm. Behind so, the scenes there for you. Yeah. Worst in person. This one is definitely my number one, but the other two are close to 2A and 2B. Number one, I don't know if anything will ever pass this game up just because of the magnitude of the loss because I felt like we should have won back-to-back titles that year. Okay. Um, Yeah, we should have won back-to-back titles. Uh, The 2014 Sweet 16 game against Kentucky in Indianapolis. So the year before, I have the sweet victory over Duke. The next year, we blow a lead and lose by pretty much a last second or a dagger by one of the Harrison twins to end the game and lose to Kentucky in the Sweet 16, who eventually went on to lose to Connecticut in the title game. Not taking a stab, I'm just saying, for he has to remember that. Right. Because we beat that Connecticut team three times by an average of like 20 points. So I feel like that should have been a back-to-back title win for us. Yeah. I heard that it was Kentucky, probably. Oh, and yeah, yeah, and I've told the story before. Long story short, I went with Mo and Troy, both UK fans. We made a deal. Neither one of us, or none of us, would rub it in the other one's face. Yeah. I'm up cheering the whole game. Harrison hits that shot. I sit down. They stand up. Eiffel Tower me. Not in a mean I- way, <laughs> but I don't. I should change how I say that. But they gave a high five over top of my head. 
Uh, no, I like it was iPhone. We got, but, you know, but I guess to make that happened. story pretty cool, I did meet Bonzi Wells, which I did post on one of your posts the other day, a picture with Bonzi Wells. Yep, on the big three. I saw that. And a lot of people, like, it was funny because I told that story to one of my buddies, Brian Settle, and he was like, dude, only, or not posted the picture, and he commented on the original thing. He's like, dude, only you would know who Bonzi Wells is. And then Ryan said, or, like, he's like, of course you knew that it was Bonzi Wells. Seeing him in person. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I saw him there, and I was like, yeah. dude, it's Bonzi Wells. I used to love Bonzi Wells. Yeah. I like Bonzi as well, too. Him and Stromile Swift, I thought were going to be a nasty pair. And, I mean, they were fun to watch, but they, they didn't live up yeah. to the hype, so to speak. But, I, I mean, I was super, super nice guy. Nice. Walked up to him, and I was like, hey, man, you Bonzi Wells? Just cause you, you don't ever want to be that guy that calls somebody the wrong thing. Well, some so, people wouldn't. You're notorious for that. I've never called someone the wrong not not uh, intentionally going up and you know getting something wrong, but you do the lookalike game. Remember? Oh, that yeah, that's different. No, I'm that's just saying. Similar. I'm talking about saying it to someone's face, like a, a famous person, and calling them the wrong thing. Like, I've seen I won't you call throw... many people. Hey, what's up, Richard Sherman? Hey, what's up? Oh, that's different though. That's different. That's like not really a famous person. I'm talking yeah. about like, like different circumstances. Smitty, I, I hate to do this, but like Smitty. Uh-oh met a famous UK player and called him someone else, a different UK player. Oh, by for like 35 minutes. Yeah. So like he didn't realize that it was awkward yet and it was like <laughs> oh man, you're not the right person but you're still like really famous. <laughs> right. So that's that was what I was trying to. So you know, I was like, "Hey, are you Bonzi yeah. Wells?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Dude, I used to love when you played Portland and, and all those places and stuff." I was like, "You mind if I get a picture?" He's like, "No, absolutely." So here I am, Louisville gear up, holding bucket of popcorn, picture with Bonzi Wells. Classic. All right, so best on TV. Going back 2013, U of O title game, beating Michigan. I yeah, I don't need to say any more. I've never seen a Louisville title game in my lifetime. I see a common occurrence here, and I think that uh, these are all your favorite teams. Uh, Shocker. Yes. All of these do happen to be with my favorite team because that's where most of my emotion is. Yeah. Or no, not my favorite team. At least my favorite team or favorite player. Okay. Because the next one. Yeah. I know where you're going. Cavs game seven, 2016. Sounds, sounds familiar. There was I've I've never... I like I can't say exactly what I was feeling because it was like ah uh, like going destruction to, going out to Ryan's that day I had found a video that had uh, Christopher Walken's voice like dubbed over parts of the video for the Cavs okay. which I'll show you dude it's so dope and it was like uh, it was a hype video is what it was and it was just like oh dude it was so great I still have it saved yeah. on my phone um, tough to get a better voice than that too oh I love Christopher Walken yeah but uh, Cavs game 7 2016 is also on my best on TV so that's my two for that worst on TV um phew, this one's tough man <laughs> uh, I can't remember the exact date but 2016 Ryan has myself and a lot of my friends out for one of the biggest games of the year. Okay. College game day. Louisville at Clemson, 2016. Louisville is in the game, leading. Clemson drives down the field, scores. Louisville drives all the way down the field, and Lamar Jackson is doing whatever he wants. Plays a great game at Clemson, which is a 
tough place to play, which everybody is seeing now because they've just gotten immensely better every year right. under Dabo Sweeney, it seems like. It also helps that they get every call that they want to with where they play. And people may say, oh, you're just a sore loser. No, go back and watch that game if you can find this, that, that game. There were so many, like, blatant missed calls against Louisville. Like, Jamari Staples getting held and tackled right in front of a referee that – that would have given us great field position we didn't score on that possession. Uh the play before um the play before the last play where um James Quick ran out of bounds too early. Uh our our tight end uh gosh, I can't think of his name now. Tight end going over the middle, Lamar throws a dime. He gets tackled in the end zone for the ball even gets there. That's big that's huge calls that don't happen. But yeah. that game was probably the most the most hurt I've ever been after watching a game on TV. Really? Yeah, that game was tough because you felt like the there team kind of gave taken away from the you. team kind of gave up after that game. It felt like we yeah. ended up getting blown out by Houston, losing to LSU pretty bad in the bowl game. Lamar still won the Heisman, but it was just like that season could have been a lot more. We had a lot of talent on that team, and it felt like it all fell apart after that. Right. Well, that just shows you individual accolades are awesome, but as far as things that you're always going to remember, that's the team stuff. Yeah. So it's good to have the individual stuff, but if you don't have the team stuff, it's not as meaningful. Yeah. So, well, uh, let me say this too before we get into something else. You got your little thing out of the way. I'm going to get a little bit of something of mine out of the way because what I want to tell you is I'm bringing back your favorite segment. And, you know, for all the people listening, this is episode number 87. And there's four things I want to teach you about the number 87. Let's hear it count. And you're going to love this because this week I changed it up a little bit, right? Four different things. First of all, David Bowie had an album that came out in 87, right? You love David Bowie. Ziggy Stardust, you know, big fan of his. And one of the songs in that album released in 87 was called 87 and Cry. So that's my first tidbit of knowledge for all you knuckleheads out there. Can't wait to hear the rest. The next one you're going to love as well, too, because you're a big cricket fan. And in cricket... Like Rickety Cricket from Always Sunny? Not, well, no. I mean, I'm sure you're a big fan of that as well, too. But, like, cricket the sport. This is a sports podcast, and cricket is a huge international game. And um, never played it, never watched it, never oh. been any part of it. Here's what's going to blow your mind. I've played cricket a lot of times. It's kind of like golf. Uh, it's not anything <laughs> like golf at all. It's like baseball and bowling mixed. When have you played cricket? So all my Portland Christian people will be like, oh, I know exactly when I did this. Yeah. Brother Hill, RIP, seriously, RIP, uh, was the best PE teacher in the land. Mm. We had to do some calisthenics at the beginning of class, took up maybe five minutes. Hey, true or false, PE teachers are always everybody's favorite. Uh, not always, because some yeah. people actually have like terrible PE teachers that make them do like ridiculous stuff all the time. This is what our PE consisted of: doing calisthenics for like five or ten minutes. Yeah, and then he would either a number us off, and we would play dodgeball with regular Classic. dodgeballs or tennis balls. Tennis we, balls sound. We like would that play. Would hurt. We would play gym hockey, which we had hockey pucks, and we would all have sticks. But we would run around instead of having skates or anything. Right, much better version of hockey, in my opinion. He would let us have, have open gym. We could play basketball or do whatever. Best of the three, or we would play cricket. 
Cricket is an interesting fourth option. So he had a big, like almost like a spanking paddle is what he would have. <laughs> right. And basically the way Cricket that he had it was uh, – we played we played outs instead of like how regular cricket is. Uh, regular cricket, everyone on the team gets to bat. Okay. Which I don't know if you knew that. Everyone on the team. Oh gets yeah, to of bat. course I knew that, bro. Everyone on. on the team gets to bat, and then the other team, everyone gets to bat. Okay. So this would be, I think we did outs. I, if I'm wrong on this part, I'm sorry. But basically, he had a chair on one side and a chair on the other side. You hit it, and you stay you stay there until you're out. Basically, you get to get you out. You have to throw the ball and hit the thing that's behind where you're hitting from. Right. So you can keep running back and forth if you don't think the person's going to hit it. But that's that's where I play. Cricket. So you had that one girl in that class. You're like, oh yeah, I'm just. Well, see, that's the thing with Portland. We on we had separated PE classes. Boys and girls. It was boys and girls. Yeah. Oh man. So you had that one girl in your class, like. <laughs> yeah, sharp. <laughs> sharp. Oh, classic right there, sharp. But in cricket. 87 is an unlucky number, obviously, in general, because it's 13 points away from a century. So It's a hundo. Yeah. Which, in cricket, is significant as well, too. That I don't know. I, yeah. I gave you all my – Trust me. I gave you all of my cricket knowledge that I had. I'm gonna, I could go in a lot deeper, but it sounds like you want me to move on. So I'm just going to take that hint and go ahead and move on. I don't, you know, don't want to embarrass you on the cricket knowledge or anything. And we'll go with another off-topic. Video games. You're into the game. And I am. I'm a gamer. DJ is into the game, and DJ loved this game, allegedly. You know, I want to throw his business out there. But in Fallout 3, you had Vault number 87, which was a main location. Well, I want to correct something you're saying. What? I did not like Fallout. No, DJ. But you said you said that I love this game as well. I did not love Fallout. I think I just said you love gaming because I had to get you on board before I knew that you were not a fan no, of this because we've is, had that conversation uh, before. Like, yeah, I bought I bought one of them and I played it and you know, needless to say it didn't get played anymore after that. <laughs> so, but anyways, Vault number 87, Fallout 3 main location and last but not least, I saved your personal favorite. We're going to go with a hockey reference. So, Wayne okay. Gretzky in 1983 and 84 season scored 87 goals, which was a league high for the Edmonton Oilers. So, Sports icon. The great one. Sports hero. A hero? What, he saved somebody's life? No, he produced Paulina. It's okay. You know, do do your research. Paulina Gretzky. Jeez. Jeez. Are, are we done here? Can, yeah. I, can we yeah. go on to more important So things? I just wanted to stop you before and get, get my shine on a little bit because, you know, yeah. people were well, really telling me. down there, bird man. Like, yeah. we don't need you to get your shine on anymore. People were telling me that they needed me to bring that segment back because last week I got a little nervous and I accidentally left it out. That was my fault. I, everyone was so upset. They asked me, why didn't BJ do this part? In the if episode? I were to use a word, I would choose devastated. And that's what I would say. Yeah. I think the only thing they were devastated about is that I wasn't here. Well, that's I, it. I mean, 50-50. I'll, I'll give you credit. 50-50. And like I said earlier, Ryan did a great job. So I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying Ryan Ryan was really, really good. You know what I mean? So <laughs> take that how you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I kind of gave you guys a little, uh, a little like teaser. Teaser. Yes. Thank you. Because I couldn't think of the word. Like minds think, you know, yes. how that goes. Yeah. Great minds think alike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. You, yeah, you complete me. <laughs> yeah, so I gave you guys a teaser. BJ, 
Let the people know what we're coming up with next. So we've loved the idea of getting everybody involved that we can. And we've loved having the food banter back and forth. Absolutely. And and so we referenced this um, previously, but it's kind of one of those things where everybody loves candy, I feel like. Well, what's something else that a lot of people do? A lot of people love breakfast. What's the easiest form of breakfast that most of us have grown up having? Drum roll, please. Cereal. Cereal, baby. So we're bringing out the cereal and We're not bracket. talking cereal killers. But actually, well, we are. We are. They can Just because there's a lot way. of sugar in them, bro. Yeah. A lot of sugar in them. But we've got 32 of the greatest cereals you've ever heard in your lifetime. The GOAT and cereal bracket. Strategically picked out and placed randomly. So no bias in here. No. I don't think, unless Beef has got some collusion going on again, which could happen. I'm just saying, you know. You know, you know how I am. Yeah. Collusion's his specialty. Yeah. And I don't know who he wants to win, so I'm not sure which one he's going to pick. But what, what's, your, what's your favorite? Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I've got a couple that I think should be front runners. And to all of our listeners out there, go ahead and side with me because, you know, I lost on the candy one. I don't want to have a mullet. And even though this doesn't have anything to do with the mullet, I'm just making sure everybody remembers. I don't want a mullet. And and by the way, you heard last week Ryan mentioned in there the facial hair aspect. You know, I don't know if I can touch the beard. I don't know. If well, I can ma- do. yeah, I mean, this is the risk you have. You might not. We didn't shake on that part. No, we never shook on it. But you we might shook not... on the mullet, but we did not shake on the facial hair. Because this is the thing. I'm just gonna keep it real with you. But I've got some ideas, and uh, I'm like Chef Boy RD cooking up those ideas. Chef, Chef Boy RB, Chef Boy RB has got some great ideas. So I'm thinking the chicks are going to dig the long ball and love your facial hair once you get that. I'm not. No, well the beard's too. not getting touched. I think you should consider it. It's I think, not. Get, it's not getting considered. The beard's not getting touched. Listen, Ryan has already offered Bethany service to she cut was our hair. Do it anyway. She would do a great job of giving you a nice facial trim. And would not cut you in any form or fashion. Let's just get to the point of what your okay. favorite cereals are. Back to the story. that's not going to happen. Well, just consider it. Sleep on it. I don't want you to make any rash decisions, but you know, I think you should do it. With that being said, um, I would say a couple of them are my favorite. Can't go wrong with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Fire. And, and Fire. That, that is a front runner for me. Also, Captain Crunch. You'll notice the theme here. It's got to have a little bit of crunch to it. And then there is one that is not made the list because I don't think there will be enough backing to it. But Blueberry Morning, Blueberry Morning is my ultimate. This is not. That's not a real cereal. I promise you on my life. My mother can attest to this. Blueberry Morning is my favorite cereal of all time. I would say if I were to describe Blueberry Morning, think of like unfrosted flakes except for much much better quality and not sugary and not you know but they're good then you've got like dried blueberries in there then you've got slices of almonds then you've got like the uh clusters which i don't know what the clusters technically are granola is what it is yeah granola Granola type deal and so that was my hey they don't sound bad at all no delicious i'm here for it little known blueberry morning but very popular in my world. So those those are my three probably favorites and front runners. I'm not going to lie. When I was looking at some of these we had on the list and deciding which ones were on there, it brought back a flood of good memories because I remember going to my grandparents' house in Pennsylvania when I was younger. You'll remember this, but you know how they had those assortment packs of the little ones that were individual servings? Yeah, it's like the chips. Yeah, 
Exactly like cereal. that. And so we used to, you know, you'd have 12 in there, and it'd be six different cereals, but there was always ones in our family that were people's favorites. So the Lucky Charms would go right away, which wasn't my favorite, but I'd still eat it. Overrated, to be honest with you. Highly overrated as well, too. I agree. And then um, there were some other ones that would go, but like Honeycombs, um, Honey Smacks, um, some other random ones that you wouldn't have on a regular basis were in there. So I, I think this is a great one. I think there's going to be something for everybody. I gave my three. What are your three? So here's the here's what's crazy. This is what kind of led me to this. Okay. A, we've been getting good banter back and forth and uh, audience um, exp- interaction, interaction yep. from the brackets. But this was a monthly occurrence, like at least once a month at UPS. Because when you're out there working at nighttime, you run out of a lot of things to do. So you come up with different things. Right. We would literally sit there and list like all night, like what's the best cereals. But it would always come back to that and be like, oh, yeah, dude, it's a great cereal. Yeah. Because somebody would be like, man, I'm going to get some cereal. And get out. Well, I'm on my way home. What kind of cereal <laughs> should I get? And then it would always end up like that. So number one, uh, I'm sure everyone's kind of like, oh, man, I didn't, wouldn't ever guess that. Reese's Puffs. Number one cereal for me. Collusion. It's, I mean, it's on the list, but it's the only Reese's uh, on the list. So. Just everybody, all of our listeners, if it's going up against something like some checks or something like some, what's the world's worst cereal? Um, Blueberry Morning. Oh, that's no. just disrespectful. <laughs> Is, I, see, I'm kind of wondering if that's just like a regional thing because I've never Blueberry had it. Morning. Was it here? I don't even remember. No, because I've had it in Pennsylvania too. But I was trying to think whenever I said it, I was trying to think of who made it. You know, was it Post? Was it Kellogg's? Was it what? I'd have to check because this is what I can tell you. You know how you have a cereal and then you have like the natural name brand and then you have the off-brand version of it? There was an off-brand version of it, and I could always tell when my mom got the off-brand version of it. So it had to be the actual Blueberry Morning. All right. So number two, uh, Old Faithful, Fruity Pebbles. Mm. Classic. Yep. Highly popular. And my my third one – I would also I would go with tricks. I'm a big fan of tricks. Yeah, big. I mean, trick lot of kids. You tricks know? has had many different forms and styles over the years as well. Too. I'm about to blow your mind with something, man. Oh, this is gonna trip me out. Oh, this really is. Yeah. You know how that rabbit was always like, oh, tricks are for kids, or that's what they always told the rabbit. Yeah. On the commercials. Okay. I don't think they really changed form. We're just not kids no more, bro. We can't see the shapes because we're not Whoa. kids. Yeah. Tricks really are for kids, bro. You can't see the shapes of it Dude. anymore because we're not kids. First of all, that's deep. Oh, yeah, that's real deep. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, I've heard of the hearing where you can't hear certain pitches. We used to have those ringtones in high school that yeah. the teachers couldn't hear. So, man. Yeah, those shapes are still there, bro. We just got to go like like Hook, bro. We just got to find our happy place and get back to when we were oh. kids. I bet we can see it. Okay. Well, I'll keep that in Sleeper mind. Sleeper for in me, case. though. Yeah. You just mentioned it. What? I'm a huge fan of Honeycomb. Oh, I thought you were going to say checks. <laughs> no. No. What am I, 83 Sleeper. years old? Sleeper. Yeah, that thing's going to stay asleep. Oh, yeah. No. It honeycomb. Better. I was always a big fan of Honeycomb. Those are good. Yeah. Interesting, too. It's like I said, it wasn't one of my go to, but like whenever I had it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty decent. Oh, yeah, they're good. They're yeah. good. I wasn't mad at it. Um, Honey Smacks, too. I like those, surprisingly. I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I ever had those. Yeah, they're like I don't feel like that's a go-to. And it was like, what was the? You know, you're talking about the rabbit for tricks. It's like a frog, but it's a yeah, real. Yeah, it was a really it's like a weird human one. frog type deal. Yeah, like yeah. he's 
It's not very cool looking. The other thing, by the way, when we were doing research on this, did you look and see when any of these were made and developed originally and stuff? Yeah. Dude, they are – some of these cereals are really, really old. Yeah. I mean, like older than, you know, some of our listeners even too. And us. <laughs> oh, double us. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I'm talking about old, old. But um, we wanted to mention that to you guys. Hopefully you guys are pretty excited about that. We're going to post them – uh, what do you want to start Friday? I'm good with whatever. Start. We can start Friday. We'll do it like we did the candy one. We'll post uh, eight of them one day, eight of them the next day, and then move it forward. Yep, moving on up. So, BJ, you got some exciting news the other day. What's your favorite squad? They picked. Yeah, up- I, went, I don't know if exciting was the word that I'd use. Well, by the way. I'll say it like this: honestly, shocking, maybe. Uh, it definitely was shocking. Yeah. I honestly thought you would be pumped because I knew how much you loved that Michigan team and how much credit you gave Beeline. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, he's moving up to the Cavs. John Beeline signs a five-year deal. Uh, the terms are undisclosed as far as money-wise. But let's hear it, bro. Your squad picked up John Beeline. Well, there was some e- intrigue to it. It's like I've always said, Be- I thought Beeline's system was an NBA system because all five players have to be able to shoot the three, defend at a high level, and uh, typically defend the drive and defend the three as well too, which is what you're going to need to do in the NBA. But I've obviously got some concerns as well too. He's got no NBA experience. Yeah. He's, he's 66 years old. And I wonder if he'll be able to relate with the players. I wonder if the players on a young and upcoming team, hopefully, you know, wishful thinking maybe there, um, will get on board with what he's bringing to the table. I do think, too, that there was a potential, I don't know if you know this, but the Cavs kind of courted with the idea of getting Calipari in the past. They also courted with the idea of trying to get Izzo in the past. Yeah. So I wonder how much of this was like, hey, we've tried to get some of those elite college coaches before. We've got an opportunity with Beeline. Let's go that route. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't expect a great season out of the Cavs next year. And it did kind of – it did kind of um... – I guess the way most people would look at it, I guess it kind of sucks for the Cavs because they dropped out of that top four. Yeah. Uh, aren't they, what, five? Yes, five is five. correct. And they had the best percentage of 14% I'll, I'll be chance you, of getting man. first pick. If I'm the Cavs, yeah. I'm not really kicking myself that bad because at that point, to me, I think there's three really good players that you can get at that at that number. Yeah, but obviously everybody wants one. I mean that's that's yeah. the deal. And yeah. in the past, you know, we've well, we've see, had one and it's not worked out yeah. for us. So I'm not saying this isn't going to work out for us. I'm just saying everybody wants one. Well, see, here's the, here's why I'm saying that. Yeah. Um, Colin Sexton, I feel like kind of picked it up towards the end of the season. Yeah, I, he I played he better. Played well, uh, but I still think, potential. I still think one person you all could take is Kobe White. Uh, I out, love out, that out of, out of North Carolina. I think Kobe yeah. White. Uh, is a is an exciting player. I don't know if he sells tickets just off of his name, but I think once people get to watch him, he will. Right. Another one, Cam Reddish. I think Cam Reddish is a, is going to be a better pro than R.J. Barrett. That yeah. one I'm putting on here now. I think Cam Reddish is going to be a better pro than R.J. Barrett. You know who they're projecting us to take right now? Probably the next one I'm going to say, Jarrett Culver. Hmm? 
That's not it, but I, I you know, any three of those options, I, I think, think could that, be good. See, that's why I like Culver's got a lot of developing to do for the NBA, though. Like, yeah. I feel like Reddish is not NBA ready, but he's a little more offensively polished. He doesn't yeah. shoot great percentages, which is a concern, but length and size, you know, he's got it. I, I could, I could see Jared Culver being another Jimmy Butler. Well, Culver's got the size too. That's I'm not saying there isn't the size like, there. That's but. who he reminds me of is Jimmy Butler. He's yeah. a great defender. Uh, he's a good, he's a decent scorer. It's not like he's inept on that side. Oh, he's had glimpses of greatness, and that's what I'm saying. Like he reminds me a lot of Jimmy Butler. Yeah, my concern is he didn't show up in a lot of big time games. But as a younger player, you know that tends to happen. So I, I wouldn't be super disappointed. And I have no clue what they're going to do. But what they're projecting from what I've seen so far is DeAndre Hunter from Virginia. Yeah, I mean it's not a bad pickup either. No. I like DeAndre Hunter. He's kind of quiet. Uh, you kind of wonder what you're going to get from him. Um, but you know he's going to come in, and you know he's going to work every day. Yeah. And then as far as a power forward position, and he can stretch it, you know, it's it was intriguing to me because it kind of the reaction you had to it where it was like, okay, that could be good, that could be bad, was it exactly. Doesn't, it doesn't like, oh, okay. Yeah, for the fifth pick in a draft, you feel like there should be some wow factor to a pick. Uh, yes. DeAndre Hunter does not have that wow factor. And I think those other three, I think, Upside. again, I, I said – Kobe White probably is not going to get the recognition. I think Kobe White is might get the same kind of reaction that Hunter gets. But I think Kobe White's game, once they see it, especially in the Summer League, dude, I feel like Kobe White's going to chew in Summer League. Oh, Summer League, he'd have a lot of fun. I, I think the size, we talked about this earlier with Zion, you know, the, the size and strength and quickness and athleticism of the NBA is a different ball game. And yeah. Kobe adjusted to the college game phenomenally, and Kobe can score on all three levels. Probably one of the worst defenders I've seen in North Carolina. Like his on-ball defense was trash, but um, great kid. He's also going to come in and work his tail off, and he's going to get better every day. They've got him projected at like 10, and his stock has continued to rise. I mean, think about it. Before the year, they did not expect him to be a one-and-done player. You know, Nas Little, Nazir Little was the guy who they were expecting to be big time, and he's top 15 as well, too. And then uh, the other three we should mention locally, even though we're not fans of them, but you've got the triplets from UK. you got Hero, Washington, and um, Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. I couldn't think of Kelvin Johnson's Johnson. Johnson's definitely, for I've seen in, in, like, top 10 or at least around 10. And yeah. then Washington is, like, end of the lottery, somewhere around there. And then Harrow's I've been seen anywhere. him 15, roughly. Yeah, and then Harrow's been anywhere from, like, 17 to 25. Hero's been bumped up on a bunch of them where I've seen both P.J. Washington and him 15 to 20. And think about it. We just literally yesterday found out who, what the draft order is. Yeah. That plays into it so much. That's the one thing I hope for the Cavs. With taking beeline, Kobe Altman is the GM, a younger GM. I think it's all run by the ownership, and that's what worries me. I'm hoping – we've messed this up a lot in the past. I'm hoping you go with the best player available – um, if for some shocking reason that's a Zion or if for some shocking reason that's a Morant or if for some reason that's a Barrett, take one of those players, please. I don't care what we have. I don't care what we need. Just take the best player available. So I'll tell you who I think, obviously other than the Pelicans, who I think is the big winner or yeah. I, I, other than the Pelicans and the Grizzlies because I thought the Grizzlies won out too. I love John Morant. It's not a secret. Uh, but I'll tell you who I think won. Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta getting two picks in the top ten, you could potentially get two great players to go around Trey Young. And they've got John Collins. They've got yeah. Torian Prince. 
you know, if if I were them, I'd sign Vince again because he's a great locker yeah. room glue guy. They've got some pieces there. Uh, uh, Len in the middle, I think, has been lackluster. Um, they've got some stuff to build around to. So I'm wondering what position they will choose to focus on. But it's like you said, there's there's a lot of good options. Yeah, I mean, if you look at some of these mock drafts, uh, they got your, your guy in this year, Little, going to him at eight. Uh, and then they have Jackson Hayes. To me, both Jackson of those. Hayes. To me, both of those picks. To be honest with you, kind of leave, uh, like you're leaving a lot up to them meeting the potential that you want them to meet. Yeah, but that's the thing about Jackson Hayes is he's not ready for the NBA yet. So like, no team is drafting him. Going, yeah, we expect him to come in and make a difference right now. It'd be odd to me if they did draft Jackson Hayes. But I told you even, too, Nasir Little reminds me of a, a Josh Jackson. So I think he can be a good player, but I don't think he's going to be you know, an elite player in the NBA right now. And then um, Herter was the other guy who I forgot to mention with them as well, too. Yeah. So they've got a young core there. Uh, I, I mean, if I'm there, I, I honestly take my chances with Romeo over Nasir, to be honest with you, to bring in a little I, – yeah. I, Romeo, which came out towards the end of the season, he played a lot of the season with a torn ligament in his hand on his shooting hand. Yep. Which definitely went into him not shooting as well. Yeah. When you have a torn ligament in your shooting hand, it's not going to help you shoot well. And him not wanting to get surgery and bail on the season while yeah. he's playing through pain. Think about everything he heard all year long from both the – people who consider themselves IU fans and the people who don't, I mean, that blew me away at that point. Yeah. How are you going to get recruits <laughs> in the future? Nobody's going to want to play there. Here's somebody that I would take a chance on, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, what? Uh, you may not – you probably won't say that because I, you know his talent as well. What? But uh, Bol Yeah. I like that kid's game a lot. Yeah, I'm worried about injuries. Yeah, that, that's why I was about to say. Maybe you worry about in, the injury bug a little bit, but – Dude, yeah. That we watched what his dad play, did in the NBA. Dude. Yeah. And have you ever heard the rumor that uh, when Manu Bowl came over here, that he was like forty-five years old? Yes, I have. Playing in college at that age, and then coming to the no, NBA. No, he came straight to the NBA. I thought he played one year in college. I don't. I don't believe so. I believe he came straight to the NBA. Okay, because yeah. he was a Sixer. I know that for sure. But he was. We, we'll have to double check. Back if he, with Clarence I thought he played one year because he had quote unquote a handler is what they call him. Yeah, brought him over. And, uh, yeah, I, I share the video all the time of him, that game that he hit all those threes, and he's shooting it from behind his head. And that's what Bull Bull has, though. He's a 7, what, 7-1, seven, 7-3, seven, somewhere in that mix. Long, lengthy kid. He's probably going to fill in a little bit more. He played Division two, so you were right. He played okay. Division two for one year at a college called Bridgeport. Right. And they got drafted, The looks like the last pick of the second round. Okay, uh, 31. Yeah, I didn't know what college he went to. I just remember them talking because the whole story that you were referencing was built around, you know, he was playing there as a seasoned veteran, quote-unquote, an aged yeah. individual. So, yeah. But another moving moving forward here, um, there was a, a quote that came out the other day of uh, a former Louisville player, uh, Terry Rozier. Uh, yep voicing his uh, displeasure. I'm going to read the quote, but I won't – I'll just say expletive. I won't say exactly what he said because he had some very choice words in this in this, uh, in this this quote. So uh, Terry Rozier says, I don't give an expletive what nobody say. I sacrifice the most out of anybody. 
I'm a uh, I'm a top point guard in this league. I feel like it's a fresh start whether I'm here or whether I'm gone. I feel like I sacrificed the most, but I do any I do it any day for this team. A lot of things weren't fair to me, but it's not about me. That's why I don't expletive and complain. All right. So everybody was running around with their heads cut off like chickens. Coach was in a tough position, one of the toughest positions dealing with all these guys with attitudes. All that expletive. Guys, guys, that's all-stars getting paid a lot of money. Guys trying to get paid. It's tough. Yep. That's the nature of the beast right there, too. Absolutely. And at first, I didn't really know how to take it, and then I heard him explain it. And could well, he have gone out in a different way? Absolutely. But Well, he might not be out. I mean, he, But here's the thing. Yeah. Now you force Boston's hand. You made it pretty heavy, too, but it's like I said, he kind of specified. You, you forced the, force their hand in saying, because he's a restricted free agent. For those of you that don't know what that means, a.k.a. he's a free agent, but if someone, basically a team, when they try to sign him, has to sign what's called an offer sheet. Right. His current team has the chance to, A, match the offer sheet, B, turn it down, or C, pay him more. Right. And keep him. So... So they can match it, keep him, pay him more, keep him, or decline it and let the team sign him. Right. So he's kind of forcing Boston's hand and saying either, A, you're going to have to try to go after Kyrie, which you may lose, but if you do that, you're going to lose me too. Or B, hey, I want to be here. I, it's just, you know, this is kind of tough. Right. Well, it's interesting to me because I wonder what the market is for him right now. Like, I haven't heard a ton of places. You know, I reference. I would love to see him in a Spurs jersey. I told my buddy the other oh, day. Oh yeah, he like, would look good. He would look good in San Antonio. System wise, man, he defends, and he could probably contend with Dejounte Murray for that starting role. I said move Bryn Forbes and um, um, White, Derek White, to the two position because White's got some good size and can defend two. Played Demar at three. I mean, that would be the fit to me. Now, that's not being speculated. That's just my opinion. Yeah. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all goes down because, like you said, he's pretty much made it clear that if, and this is the specification behind it, if the roster is similar or the same to what it is right now, he he doesn't see a place for him there. And it's like I said, too, if somebody offers a ton of money for it, Boston can't take that anyways. No. Boston doesn't have the cap room for it. And here's the thing. I think he definitely has the potential to be that. He showed that in the playoffs last year. This is what I said. My exact words to my buddy were, if he goes to a team and he is a starting point guard for a team, probably it's going to be a team that's not a phenomenal team on paper, and I feel like it would be a team that's sub-500. So now the Celtics have a good roster. If he were to become the starting point guard there, you know, that sub-500 opinion changes. I don't see them being a top-four seed in the East with him as their starting point guard. It's a, it's, a, it's one of those things. I love Kyrie. I think Kyrie's the top-two point guard in the league. Can be. That's what I'll say. I, I think he. I think he is. I think he's a top two point guard in the league. I think Russell Westbrook's one. He's two. He showed opinion. me a lot of things this year that make me go, man. Do I love his game because it's flashy, or do I love his game because he wins? And uh, watching him in Cleveland, he did a lot of winning plays. He made a lot of winning plays in Boston. You know, they they won without him, and then uh, he comes back, and there's been a lot of controversy around him, and they never looked like they had rhythm. Yeah. It's it's been tough, but um, 
I mean, you don't. Is it is it going to be an addition addition by subtraction thing because of the chemistry? Right. Because it sounds like to me that Terry says Terry's saying a lot of the things that these young guys want to say but can't because they're under contract. Yeah, but even Terry, we talked about Terry's been pretty reserved about it all, and there's been people trying to pry it out of him, and he's kept his hand pretty close to his chest. So he's being honest and telling you what he's feeling, but he's not also, you know, saying trade me now like the Anthony Davis thing and and uh, I won't play for your team or whatever it may be. He's just saying he thinks something needs to change, and I think everybody knows that for Boston. By the way, I want to state this real quick because I think a lot of people are mistaken on this Anthony Davis thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, Anthony, Dav- Anthony Davis ain't going to be there. Here's the thing. Andy Davis is going to be there unless they find somebody to trade him to. He can't. This right. isn't the NFL where you can just sit out. The NBA rule is, I think we might actually reference this when we talk about Kawhi last year or in the offseason. If you sit out in the NBA and you're healthy, right. your year doesn't go anywhere. Your year is still there on the contract. You, you have to work out that contract. So I mean, he can sit out. That's fine, but you're still under contract for another year. It's not going to. A year's not going to go away. You literally just redshirted, pretty much, in, in in the NBA. We've already seen the pettiness level of the Pelicans as well, too. So, oh yeah, if he did, were to sit out, or if he were not to play hard, or if he were whatever, I think with David Griffin in there, though, um, that changes things. And I wish he would consider. I, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I understand minimal frustration but to force a trade the way he is i'm not sure i understand that because like who is he saying that they they've tried for him it's like the Cavs. we watch this with lebron they've tried to get guys like alfred payton they had cousins in their cousins got hurt you can't re-sign cousins for the contract he was wanting with him yeah. being hurt You've had all these other people. It just hasn't worked out the way they wanted it to. Drew Holiday had his own issues as well, too, off the court. You know Rondo. What I mean? Yeah. So I don't understand fully the frustration. He wants to win. He wants to win now. AD is a key piece. We'll see what happens, man. Yeah. So um, the playoffs have been going pretty well. The Bucks and Raptors are playing right now. Yep. Um, Looks like, uh, let's see if I can pull it up. We're, we're getting into the good part, too, where now you're in the conference finals, and um, it wasn't exactly what we were expecting. I would say out of the four teams, for me, Portland is a surprising team out of all four. You felt like the Warriors were going to get there. You felt like the Bucks had a chance, even though they didn't have the taste of playoff experience before. And then Toronto, it's like I said, as far as a team, they don't have the depth on paper. But they're really top heavy, and they've got guys who play both sides of the court. So Raptors are down five points with five and a half minutes left. Ninety six, ninety one, Milwaukee. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to be a great series. Um, but the other series so far doesn't look like it's going to be very good. Polar uh, opposite. Yeah, Golden State just absolutely mollywopped Portland in Game One last night, where they went by thirty. It just was not good, though. It's like yeah. I said, I did not see anything in that game that showed me that Portland had a great chance. You know, granted, yeah. CJ didn't have a good night. Granted, Dame didn't have a good night. They go as they, those two go. But I'll be 100% honest. Defensively, the reads that Terry Stotts was giving them, like, I just don't understand how you can have players go under screens against Curry, and then you have your center back six foot in the paint when the center's up there screening Curry. 
He's going to feast off that every game. He's, Absolutely. He's not had open looks all year. I think he had now eight he's threes in this game or something. Whatever it was, it was a lot. Yeah. I mean, so kind of sucks. I really wish that series would go a different direction. Which but. it can. I think, like I said, I didn't see anything that it could, but you get Dame to have a big game. You get McCollum to have a big game. If they don't get KD back, if they don't get DeMarcus they, back. They're saying there's a war, or they're saying that it's almost certain he's not coming back in this series. KD? Yeah. Calf strain. They said he hasn't even like really started work, walking on it or anything. Well, I'll be honest. I mean, they, they might be saying that now because they don't think they need him, too. Yeah. Well, this was actually before the game last night. I saw this. Yeah. Maybe they've got a time machine. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, this Bucks raptors series I think is going to be good. And I'm anxious to see if the Eastern Conference um, ends up, you know, doing something this year without LeBron being there. Even yeah. though LeBron didn't do anything last year yeah, with the Cavs. was disappointing to see the Sixers lose the way they lost. And, man, that was a great game. Sixers deserved to lose on those last – well, not the last, but the three possessions before the last possession that Butler scored that bucket on. Yeah. I mean, you're professional athletes. you got to know the shot clock. You can't have shot clock violations. You can't get up a terrible shot that doesn't even come close. So, yeah, I would have loved to have seen the Sixers in it instead, but Toronto versus Milwaukee is a great series. By the way, I wanted, I wanted to say something. Um, I've seen a lot of people, and I guess it's deservedly so, uh, you give Embiid crap for what happened after the game. Cause Crying? Because he was pretty upset. I'm sorry. If you've ever played sports and you weren't that passionate about it, then that's on you. But this dude gets paid. This is his living. Granted, right. I know he is a jokester a lot of the other times. I don't give this guy crap because he just lost the biggest series he's ever been in. No. Gobert said the same thing you're saying, too. They yeah, asked Gobert like, trying quick. to bait him into it. Yeah. You can like you can dislike him for his antics and stuff, but don't give the guy crap because he's crying because he lost. Yeah, well, think about it. Last week, Ryan referenced that even you all weren't playing, and when the Cavs lost, you were crying. So I mean, no I, big... <laughs> I look, I'm not, I'm man enough to admit I cried in the Louisville, the Louisville title in 2013, and yeah. I cried in the. That that title on Cleveland. I'll never forget. Probably worst, you know, worst game of my life as far as stuff was senior year. You know, losing in sectional. That's the end of it. And I, I'll, you know, there was games after us, and I remember specifically sitting in the locker room, and you know, not wanting to talk to your teammates, and just wanting to be you. You're not trying to cry. You're not trying to not cry. You're literally everything's just coming to you in a flood. You're like, that's that's the end of what I've worked for. And uh, this isn't the end for Embiid, but, man, he's a competitor. Yeah. I'm praying and I'm hoping that this fuels him and uh, he can come back. He dealt with a lot of injuries in prior to this year, and then late in the year he had some stuff that hindered him as well too. Um, credit to Gasol for defending him the way he defended him and even Ibaka some, and credit to Nurse for bringing the double teams. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this too, but – Toronto is a very fluent team as far as different languages and speaking. Yeah. And they were calling out, you know, where to come in different languages. So Embiid didn't know where the help was coming uh, from. French. Yeah. Is what they said that Ibaka and uh, Gasol were speaking. Yep. Which is fantastic. Dude. Oh, I, I love when I heard that too. Yeah. That and, shot, I'm sorry to bring it back up, but that shot is just like, that's going to be one we see a lot. Yeah. Well, we talked about it. Supposedly, it's the only game-winning shot 
in Game Seven. Game Seven history, yeah. And it hit the rim four times, roughly. And it, the picture with it is amazing because it's like you're talking about the one where Kawhi's squatting. Yeah, and uh, Bede is looking the, yeah. on in terror, going, "Okay, that's got a chance." Tobias Harris is up. It's a different picture. It's a different angle. But if you get the full picture, Tobias Harris is looking up, going, "All right, this is coming off," you know. And then you've got Kawhi down, licking his chops, waiting for it to go in, and the bench goes crazy at that point. Danny Green's right there, you know, North Carolina Tar Heel. Shout out, Danny Green. <laughs> and um, yeah, tough, tough way to watch Sixers lose, but it was a fantastic game. By the way, dude, shout out to the guy that was sitting behind the bench who knew that got that slow motion video of it yeah i don't know if you've seen that but it's probably one of the dopest videos i've ever seen yeah it's so good did you see the one guy though i thought you were talking about there's a picture of a guy who was already cheering like knowing you know some people might say he was just you know cheering didn't know it was going in but after the first bounce he's already cheering at that point yeah i didn't i don't think i saw that i'll have to look that up yeah but I was sitting, I was chilling today, and you know how Ryan said that he was driving in the truck and something just came to him? Yep. I was sitting in the truck before I came here. Yeah. And, bro, my power move just came to me. Wasn't diarrhea, was it? Who, no. No, no okay. No, I got I that out. Make sure. Got that out a little earlier. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Power move. The Patriots re-signed a pretty nice little piece today. I wouldn't say he's bad. Mr. Jamie Collins. Well, I haven't former, heard of him. Who's that? Former second-round pick of the New England Patriots. Traded to the Browns. The Browns. For a third round, third or fourth-round pick. It was – I can't think of what the word is. The Browns end up uh, signing him to a big contract and then cutting him through two years later. And guess what? what? We got the pick from him, and we got Jamie Collins back. Sucks to suck, Browns. Feels good to be. Hey, they might not suck this year. You better watch your mouth. Sucks to suck. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Innocent until proven guilty. And that what they always <laughs> say. Sucks to suck, Browns. Bobby Kraft, innocent. Ain't no proven guilty. Yeah, Bobby Schmurda. Yeah. So, I'd say my power move, watching MMA this weekend, there was a lot of great fights. You know, you had some upsets. You had some fights that went the way everybody thought. Um, But the fight that I want to highlight for my power move is going to be Douglas Lima. And this is a guy who had fought. He was the champion. He had fought for um, the belt and ended up losing it at that point to uh, Rory McDonald. Comes back and is trying to get on the path to become a champion again. Fighting an up-and-comer in MVP, uh, Michael Venom Page. You missed it last week, but I know you saw the video of that um, video that Ryan referenced. The yeah. Bellator guy, Raymond Robin or Raymond Daniels. Raymond Robbins. Raymond Robbins, yeah. That's classic right there. And um, he fights in a similar style is why I bring that up. It's a karate style. He's very bouncy. He's very light on his feet. But the main thing is his hands are down, right? So MVP ends up catching Douglas Lima because he's extremely quick. And you can see Lima's hurt a little bit. And he's backpedaling, but he's still in the fight. And that's what I love about fighting, man. These dudes have no quit. Breaking bones in there. Getting days. 
they're never giving up. So MVP is kind of taunting him and kind of playing with him a little bit, which MVP does. Instead yeah. of going after the kill, getting him out of there. And Lima catches him is what they call it. And Lima lands a beautiful low kick, sweeps him off his feet, and while he's dropping to the ground, lands a nasty punch that puts him out and finishes up with two more hammer fists, and yeah. uh, he's done. So power move of the day, Douglas Lima on his path back to regaining his title is what I'm hoping for. Yeah, it's there's so much stuff with, with so much sports going on now, and then you got yeah. MMA as well. It's so hard to keep up with all that stuff, but I'm glad you do. Yeah, I love MMA. Um, so... Uh, are you, are you going to bring a beef this week or well, am I going to be the only one that does this again? This is the other thing we've got to do. I made a promise and I'm a man of my words. We've been doing those NBA primetime picks. I should have mentioned this while we were talking NBA talk, but I forgot about it for a second. Last night we had four guys who went five for five on those questions. If you all don't know what I'm talking about, go to our Facebook page Every NBA game, I'm going to try to do our best to put a post up there with five quick questions. These questions are simple, easy questions. Who's going to score more points? They're simple to answer. They're not simple to get correct. Yeah. Well, I'm saying simple, easy questions is in time consumption involved to put five answers on there. Yeah. It's going to take you 30 seconds roughly. Unless you're me or you, then you sit there for hours. Well, it depends on how quickly you type as well, too. So definitely that slows me down as well, too. I wasn't, I wasn't talking about that. Yeah, but I was, talking I was about Because we rack our brains and actually think about it. Where some people are just like, oh, yeah, this, 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 and then probably get it right, and we don't. Yeah. Well, and this is what I'm thinking on these because, you know, I'm not taking any shots at anybody because they went five for five, but I am saying I'm getting to give a shout out to a couple of people first of all we had two of my buddies um adrian harper and lebrandon manning both of them are very knowledgeable about them the second guy sounds like he is because he has my name in his name yep well he's also good friends with uh one of our buddies brandon dunn former L player as well okay. too so but but both of those guys are good guys and both of those guys are very knowledgeable about the nba i would say they watch on a nightly basis if possible i'm sure they've got other things going on but we have conversations with them about nba in general yeah Matt Talley is another guy on there, which I'm not positive what Matt's. Uh, Matt was on my first crew that I was a uh, that I was a uh, supervisor of at UPS. We've stayed friends. Uh, one of my good buddies. But what's his NBA? Is he a big fan uh, of NBA? A, he's know? a Sixers fan. Yeah, he's a Sixers fan. Uh, LeBron's his favorite player, and yes, he is a pretty big NBA fan. Okay, so we'll give credit to him as well too. So three of those guys getting five for five. You know, five for five is extremely tough, but those three didn't shock me. The one that shocked me was a good friend of ours, right? And uh, it's a guy by the name of Greg Belden, probably one of the most uneducated NBA fans I've ever met in my life. We're going to bring up some facts about Greg Belden's NBA career. Started out as a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. I was there the day he changed his fanship to the Chicago Bulls. And now is back a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. When did he, when did he cheer, cheer for the Bulls? Greg's an interesting dude, and he cracked me up because, you know, the T-Wolves were going through a rough stint there, right? This was briefly after losing KG, and he decided that he was going to – he's a big fan of list. He was going to make a list and put a couple of teams that he thought maybe he was going to be a fan of and one of those teams was going to win, and that was going to become his team. So I would say it was about seven, eight years ago, roughly. And yeah, so like the Derrick Rose heyday time. 
It was around that time. I would say, yeah, right in that era. And uh, needless to say, he's not. You know, they're they're terrible now. So and Minnesota <laughs> is also terrible. But shout out to our good buddy Greg Belden for going five for five as well too. It'll be interesting to see if any of those four people can go five for five on tonight's. We'll find out here in a couple of minutes. And then obviously you and I hopefully are going to be do or be doing better on this one and uh, get in that mix. But yeah. we'll try to give shout outs for people who go for five for five on that as well too. Absolutely. Uh, so, I, are you bringing a beef this week, or so, is it just going to be strictly me? No, I'll bring a quick beef. Now, my beef is short, simple, and to the point. You know, last week I referenced these Travis Scott Jordans that are going for 1.6 thousand. Nothing? No, I mean. Okay, I, you just gave up. I mean, no. I, okay. I really know what else I can say about that. So, $1.6 thousand is a lot of money. You know, this isn't $1,600. This is $1.6 thousand. And with that being said, unfortunately, your boy, Old Behota, struck out on the release. So, oh. I'm, I'm not paying, you know, no $800,000, $1,200, dollars but I would love to have a pair of Cactus Jacks Retro Ones. And then also, so Tuesday I'm going, all right, there's a pair of Nike Vapor Maxes that are coming out. And uh, they're pretty cool. I'll have to show you a picture of them. But they only came out in women's sizes, right? So I mm-hmm. knew it was going to be tough, but they had a women's size 14, which translates to a men's size 12 and a half. Literally sitting there on my laptop, have my cell phone in my hand on the sneakers app, have my tablet in my hand, all three of them trying to get it. You're rich. Yeah. Yeah, I wish. And boom, struck out. So, yeah, retail on those were 250 and resale on those are like $750, $800. Not paying it. So, needless to say, I've had a tough week. I'm licking my wounds. Hopefully I cash in on the next release, but uh, those are my beefs for the week. Speaking of that, first off, my first beef. Yeah. People that drag their feet, stop. Stop yeah. dragging your feet. Yeah. I was at a truck show last week full of truckers that just drag their feet all the time. Yep. So that's my first beef. Ruining quit, good shoes. Quit dragging your feet because it's annoying. I don't care about ruining shoes. You're ruining my life. That seems like a pretty petty annoyance, if I'm being honest. No. Is there like I, got some a, OCD? I got a lot of big pet peeves of that. People that chew with their mouth open, Yeah, I can't stand that. Yeah. Don't chew with your mouth open. I don't want to hear you eating. I don't care if you're... If you're chewing gum, as long as you're not smacking it, I don't care if you chew it up with your mouth open. Yeah. Because everybody does that. Power smack it, bro. No, you, you power smack, you're going to get power smack with some baby powder. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Yeah. But second. You carry baby powder, by the way? That's a Just for people right smacking there. their gum. Yeah, rightfully so. Mother beef. I spoke with you earlier about this. And I won't say normally, but I agree with this guy I would say a decent amount with some of the things he says. Sometimes I think he's really outlandish, and then I realize, oh, hey, he's just trying to gain listening ship, which I hope we never do. I hope we never. I hope we. I hope we never sell out to where we're just giving BS hot takes just to get listeners. I don't ever want to do that. Yeah, it depends what they're paying me, but no, I don't plan on that anytime soon. My beef is with Colin Cowherd. And I don't care. I hope I hope he hears this. And people are like, "Oh, watch what he's." No, I hope he hears this. I hope he, he does had a, too. He had a segment on his show. Uh, I think it was two days ago. I just saw the clip on Facebook because you know that his stuff is everywhere, yeah, all the time because it's viral. Yeah. He had this thing of what players 
is Zion better than or going to be better than? And he brought up players like Kyrie Irving. Oh. Anthony Davis. Dame Lillard. Kawhi Leonard. Paul George. Brought him up or said that he was... That was, that was some of the players that were brought up. Guess how many of those he said that Zion was better than? Oh, no. All of them. <laughs> he said he was better than all of those players. Oh, man. All of those. Your listenership thing was probably correct, my friend. Stop, dude. Like, come on. Give us an actual good take. Yeah. I think he should let the girl on there talk more often. What do you think? I am not. I wouldn't be upset with that. Well, I'm just thinking the camera needs to be on her. Even you can let Colin talk a little bit more. But, you know, we need to see what she's thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, dude, I couldn't believe uh, – <laughs> I was I was like, dude, this is a joke. Like there's no way that what like he he's believing what he's saying. Um because it was like especially when he he was like questioning leadership for some of these players and he was like, Oh, Zion's right. a born leader. Like, dude, come on, stop. By example, maybe not by I don't I feel like he's the guy, him and Barrett connected on a different level. He also was like Oh, he's going to sell tickets. Yeah, he is going to sell tickets. I will not disagree with that at all. Yeah, but so do all those other players you just mentioned. Big time. No, he said Kawhi doesn't sell tickets. He also said Anthony Davis does not sell tickets. Blows my mind, dude. Blows oh, my man. mind. Like, the dude is just an absolute... Pretty sure Kawhi's selling a lot of tickets now. Yeah. <laughs> it, blow, it blows my mind. Yeah. So uh, I'd say I wish, I wish you had more time. Well, BJ, we're going to give the listeners what they want. Some more time. Yeah. You and I have a good buddy, Mr. Michael Mullins. Yes. You've known him about the same amount of time I have because of the uh, business venture that your parents and his parents were on. Yep. Many a moon ago. uh, Perk. Perk Incorporated. Perk Incorporated. Phyllis Earl, Rick, and Cindy. Shout out to those. Yes. The parental units. Yeah. Big time. Uh, Without them, I don't feel like one half of Beef's Beef currently would be here. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I can agree so with that. So it took some teamwork and some effort on their part. Yeah. I, I love how you said effort, but it was a speech <laughs> impediment, but it was also <laughs> like, it was kind of true. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of just yeah, some truth behind Thank you. I, Freudian slip, is that what they call I it? I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, so great job. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to bring a little bit of a change of pace. We're having an interview uh, with Michael that we're going to do, and we're going to put at the end of this episode, and we are going to end this episode with a future chart topper. Yep. He's got some big things on the horizon, so everybody make sure you're listening. We'll we'll post it to the Facebook page as well, too, so make sure you give that a like, a listen, and a share. Yeah. And uh, we appreciate everybody staying on board with this, and it's going to be a great interview because three guys together that are all like-minded and uh, we're passionate about what we do, and yeah. I feel like hopefully in the interview that will shine through the most. Not only just with that, like I love this dude. Like, this guy's yeah. my like he. I call him another brother. I know I have seven of them already, but I feel like I have eight with him, and that's not a joke. Like, yep. uh, dude, dude has been a big part of my family for a long time, and uh, inspiration he, to everybody he, he, too. Always, he always will be. I love this guy. I actually got my only tattoo because of him and his family. 
uh, that's well, you probably shouldn't have put that on him, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm sorry, my second tattoo, other than my tramp stamp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but guys, hopefully you love the first part. But I think uh, just knowing Michael, you're going to love the second part. So, guys, without further ado, here's the interview with Michael Mullins. All right, so. BJ and I are here with uh, our good buddy Michael Mullins. How's it going today, Michael? Oh, it's I'm swell. I'm swell. Thank you for having me already. I love it. Yeah. So Michael, if you ha- if you haven't seen it yet, has released a new song with his band Kingside. Uh, I love the song. He sent it to me a day before. But uh, we're gonna be talking about some stuff with his music. Yeah. It's a little different, change of pace for BJ and myself. But just we both know him pretty well, so we wanted to bring him on. You can tell the people I'm actually musically retarded. You know a little bit about music, but no offense to anybody, I know nothing about easy, music. Dude, easy with the artwork. Yeah, easy. that's why I said. That's why I said no offense. No this offense. Is, this is no. I understand. No, it's okay. And you're probably not. I probably you're probably underselling it. Everybody likes music or noise in their own way. You've never heard me play the drums. Not, yeah, playing this an dude, instrument is not the this, same. No, this dude is literally like the most musically. No, I won't say musically inclined because I don't know how he sings or anything. But like, as far as listening or anything to music, this is the least amount I've ever heard any person ever. The dude listens to one thing and one thing only, and it happens to have that line in the album. Really? Yes. Watch the throne. It's the only thing this dude listens to. No, that's not true because today you came in, you go, oh, what's that music playing? It was a little bit of Zeppelin. It was. So it's classic rock, and then it's probably some trash hip hop that is not. Watch, the, yeah, watch yeah. the throne. Watch yeah. the throne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> favorite, favorite album of all time. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Zeppelin's a nice drop too. I mean, every, we, yeah. gotta, we gotta give our give the respect where it's due to the forefathers of music, and that's definitely. One. So speaking of that, let, let's go to. It, I mean, just kind of starting with some of these questions we have. Who, who, or what? I mean, I realize your mom has been the core yeah, the chorus teacher at yeah. Portland. For a couple years, I'm, I'm not going to say anything <laughs> that would she, that would show her age because she is a saint. But who, what, or who got you into music, or is it just the easy answer that Phyllis did that? Uh, the easy answer is Phyllis. That's like the the biggest thing. I think my brothers and I used to joke around about coming out with like a Hanson type boy band oh. back in like the early days of our uh, of our youth. Um, but now, dude, Phyllis is completely the reason why I'm into music and just the love that. Uh, my entire family has for music, really. Uh, the encouragement I've gotten from them has been ridiculous throughout all the years, no matter if it was metal. If I wanted to do polka, I'm sure they would love me if I would do some polka. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. Really, I, I, listening to music with your buddies when you're younger, it either you either just really like it or you don't like it, but for the small group of us that, like, love it and oh, we yeah. know right then and there this has got to be a part of our lives i think i was just born to be a part of see that's what sucks is like i feel like i might love music as much as you but i'm like so musically <laughs> r word as bj would say no, like thanks. i'm like i can't sing i can't play an instrument but like dude i'll download albums like a no man i love it dude some of the most important people that we never give credit to are the scouts the scouts mm. of music, the people that go out and find the talent. Like, if you have an ear for music, man, you have an ear for music, whether or not you can play or sing, it's yeah. a different story. Well, see, that's the thing. I have an ear for the music that I like. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. crazy about it. It's like, dude, I'm the best scout for me. Yeah. That's but, like, fair. for that's other good. people, I music like... Music is subjective anyways. If, if you look at, like, the early 20th century, there's a... there's a, I mean, 
there's a there's a wave of music called indeterminacy, and it literally is like when people put alarm clocks on stage and make them go off at different times, and that's music to them. Like wow. chaos is music. Like these are all like John Cage. That's a it's a it's a what do you call him? He's a I don't even want to say composer, but he wrote music, and he's, I mean, he passed away, um, so he's an older dude, but, like, he would literally put a microphone outside and record the traffic, and then be like, that's a song. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just subjective. And you got those wackos, and you got people that actually know what well, good I mean, music I, is. I'm the same way, almost, like, I'll turn a blinker on and be like, oh, okay, I can be a beat yeah. today. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. There's rhythm all around So, us, I mean, speaking of that, you throw your earbuds in, or if you're rich, you throw your AirPods in, what, what would you say... <laughs> No, you're no. listening to you're usually listening to oh. or is that such a like off the wall question because you listen to so much different stuff I, I i don't know no see people always say like oh i have a diverse like sense of music or taste of music i do i think i do i love bluegrass i love metal i love uh you know rock i love alternative but really i've been getting into this electronic stuff i don't know why i like dubstep so much but i do and that's so strange because people are like you you just like do you want to go to festivals? I'm like yes, my wife and I love going to festivals. <laughs> I would love to be sweaty in the middle of a field right now listening to like some excision or Skrillex or something. But on the other side, I love the chill stuff. I like to listen to a lot of mixtapes and beat tapes. Uh, like my brother, uh, he makes music. Shout out to DJ J Van. Uh, he makes some music and uh, like he before he gets his artists on there, I love just listening to his beats, man. And even going back to like my brother Matt. Matt used to make beats. And like, I, I never knew that. I mean, like, I mean, they'll hear it a little bit. Again, yeah. shout out to you know white chocolate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, bring no, it back. Bring no, it back. All, all that stuff, man. I'm just, I'm just, it, you enjoy what you enjoy. Greg Laswell, nobody knows who that is, but he's one of my favorite singer songwriters. He writes for a lot of the stuff that you hear on like Grey's Anatomy. Those like, like those. What do you call well, those? I'm sure there's a lot of females that know who that guy is. They just yeah. don't realize yeah. they know who he is. He was married to Ingrid Michaelson, which is another prominent chick. They're all just indie artists. I mean, I, and I like rap. I like rap, and I like all different types of stuff. Well, see, what's crazy is I would watch shows like Shameless or yeah. like 13 Reasons Why, and I would yeah. find so much music that I like. Dude, 13 Reasons Why, there's two people. Lord Huron. Lord, Lord Huron, Huron dude, is amazing. Yes, and then, fantastic. Uh, what's his name? The guy from 13 Reasons Why. Is in a group right now, and he's like torn. The main kid from Thirteen Reasons. Did Black. not know that. I'll have wow. to check him out. Um, you know, I mean, well, and they also had uh, a Khalid song on there, which I already like Khalid before. Khalid, that, but, but Khalid was on it. One Wallows, of the songs. Wallows. They were on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. They called "Are You Bored Yet?" That's their that's their uh, song right now. I'll have to check the him kid. out. I don't know his name, but like, the main dude from there. Well, we talked about it earlier. I'm sure it depends on mood to what kind of you're getting into. Yeah, for sure. Like. It, it, if I'm having a really like not say bad day, but if I'm if I'm wanting to get out some aggression, you best believe I'm putting some metal on or some beat down stuff or yeah. even some aggressive rap. Like the beats are a representation of what that person was feeling. The music is normally a representation of what that person was feeling. So in order for me to understand that, I need to listen and then either get that out. Throwing Waka Flocka yeah. on. Yeah, Waka Flocka. Dude, Waka Flocka does EDM though. He's, he's really? a huge EDM artist right now. Like not right now. Like he gets on tracks all the time. Like he raps over the dubstep or whatever and it's amazing yeah but i thought that would be pretty cool it's amazing it's, it's a amazing. good mix of the two because yeah. i feel like edm is more uplifting typically whereas yeah. his like you said is more aggressive and aggression like too yeah. but that's we we joked about it earlier but the watch the throne thing to me like i feel like people don't understand and i mean i say people don't understand there's a lot of people who do but music can either a 
um, perpetuate a mood or B, completely change a mood and change an outlook on life. So the reason why Watch the Throne is such a favorite album to me is because there was different things that were going on in my life that I'll never forget that album. So it's like a very memorable album. So every time I listen to it, you know, I have fond memories come back as well, too. So yeah, is a huge part of it. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's why I have so many of my favorite albums because it's, it's it's crazy how you'll hear a song and it's like, oh, dude, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Literally. It's it's nuts how you. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about. And it. there's nothing else like it that does that too. I feel like as far as flooding your memories like that, like music music is a different level to it. And uh, talking about flooding memories, a lot of people won't know this, but the way um, we actually met was because our parents were business partners <laughs> when we grew up when we were younger. And uh, yeah. Perk Incorporated, Phyllis Earl, Rick, and Cindy is what it was. <laughs> and they had a couple of different businesses, right? So yes. we love to get off the beaten path with these questions. We want people to know you on a personal level. So I've never <laughs> met a person who does not love donuts or ice cream. So my question to you is, was there a favorite donut or was there a favorite ice cream that you had out of those places? Oh, dude, for sure. And this is this is something that's followed me to the end of my days, and it will, I guarantee you. Is uh, is the like the chocolate eclair Boston cream Ooh. type donuts, man? Anything with custard in it, man? I that can't. sounds so good. It sounds <laughs> yeah. so good. And, and even even aside from Perk Industries uh, or Incorporated, excuse me, um, Brandon, your dad makes the best chocolate eclair. Oh yeah, fire, really? fire. Yeah, I'll have, next time he makes some, I had to bring, I had to bring you some. That's yeah, not even a joke. My wife just made some too. I, I heard it was great. I didn't get a chance to taste any because she gave it to her uh, thing. But I, I even told her I was like. Man, Bill Leffler. My dad always feels so bad with stuff like that because, like, to me, my dad's chili is like, there's no one touching my dad's chili and my dad's chocolate eclair. Okay. It's two things that, like, my dad, for me, that, like, there's no one ever going to touch that. So, like, people are like, oh, did you like my chili? I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's an acquired taste. It was was, was pretty good. And Ryan, my brother, just like, Bethany will be like, Ryan, what would you think of my chili? It's not as good as my dad's. Like, <laughs> dude, that's so terrible to say. Yeah. And, 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 but my dad always feels basically, like, don't talk about like my food that I'm making because it makes other people feel bad. I'm like, Dad, you're, it really doesn't. Like, I think you're giving yourself too much credit in that aspect. Yeah. <laughs> but like, your food is fantastic, but I don't think you're really. Dude, no, I feel that. My mom, I've, other than instilling a joy of music into me has also made mac and cheese pretty much always and always and always and forever and all the kids always love it and like i'm taking her recipe and gonna build you know not a business off of it but at least half of my recipes will probably be influenced by her and her cooking so like there's a there's a good thing about like the food that was prepared for you whenever you were at least younger and bill leffler always sticks out to me i can tell you that yeah Yeah. passing it down that's the best part about it too because think about you're carrying on a tradition at that point i'm sure you know that's how it works is you've got to continue that food on because otherwise you'll never have it again yeah straight up you mentioned that i don't know if you ever had because you were over at my house all the time like for those of you that don't know michael that know me it's kind of surprising that you don't because michael (laughs) was always like like, he calls my mom mom and dad as well like that's how often he was at my house did you ever have my mom's homemade donuts yes Dude, those yes, how about that, dude. They're she made out. Of, they're made out of biscuits. Yeah, she was really. Oh, dude, oh, they're they are, so good. They're seriously like I can tell you about it, but yeah. it does not do it justice because oh. she uses. Uh, hey, don't give away your secrets on air. Well, bro. I mean, I just it's 
I'm sure Common thousands knowledge. of people know this. She makes my biscuits, and then like the next time she comes in town, which I think is this weekend, I might have her make some just so you all, so you can try them and you can have I some more. No, like, dude, they are so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I haven't had them in years, but it's like I can like see them and taste them, and it's like, oh my goodness! Like, hey, I'll be I'm honest, I don't you. think of donuts as like a typical recipe that like somebody makes either too. So to me, yeah. that's like extra credit. Like, that's an A plus plus. I think point. she. I mean, she got it from my grandma. My grandma used to own yeah. a bakery when, like, before I was born. Okay. And there you go. So, like, they made like cakes and stuff. I don't know if they made these donuts here, but my grandma—that's one thing I'll give her credit for—is my grandma was a very good baker. Yeah. Like cookies and stuff. My mom. I mean, you've had my mom's cookies yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. It's like my mom's side of the family cookie recipe is untouched in my opinion. Different oatmeal, level. oatmeal chocolate chip, like. My mom gives me a bag, me and Matt and Ryan, a baggie. Uh, and I'm not just talking like, I'm talking a gallon-sized baggie yeah. of those cookies every year. They're crushed before if, Christmas is over. If it's not the uh, the cookie dough. Uh, oh, she I, gives us both. Yeah, I was going to say, just, I've, I've personally received the cookie dough from yeah. my mom, and that's like, you know, that's otherworldly. Yeah. We had that at our graduation party. Matt, Lef, Matt, your brother and I did, and Jacqueline, of course. But we all had a, uh, a giant bowl of oatmeal raisin cookie dough. I'm glad to see everyone still here because we didn't get salmonella from it. <laughs> so, yeah. Mythbusters determined that was a lie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Maury Povich over I'm there. mixing the three different shows there. Yeah. Uh, so good. But, back to, back to some of this music stuff. Yeah, you, yeah. you have been in so many bands or done acoustic stuff on your own. What What is your, what's your favorite type of music to write in and then also to perform. Um, I mean, the whole metal thing and the whole metal days, um, man, there's just nothing like getting up there and just taking out your aggression. Again, back to what we were just talking about, just like the emotion behind the music. But I mean, it's all just where you are, in my opinion. I love doing some acoustic stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love to go and gig if I can and get out there. But to be a part of the group that I'm a part of now, Kingside, um, with a shout out to Teddy and Michael and Simon and Scott, uh, my bandmates here, um, we're all in this together, and it's actually a fantastic thing that I've never really been a part of to like write music and like have my own music come to fruition. Like, tell me I'm wrong. The new single I wrote that song, but at the same turn, we're doing music here really, really soon that Mike has written and that Teddy has written, and that we all just come together with our ideas and just craft something that's even even more beautiful. And like, it takes it to a point to where singly I couldn't do that on my own. Yeah, and like I would say that this is the most exciting, or the the most excitement I've ever had in a music group is what I'm doing now. Would you say that goes to kind of what we were talking about before we come on here? And and because BJ, when I first said this, so before anyone kills me before I say this, BJ looked at me and was like, "Wow, that's kind of messed up that you say that." So when you were in <laughs> Lifelines, or I mean, technically you all are still kind of together, I would guess, right? Or well, no? Lifelines? Yes. I mean, I mean, we, we're friends, but no, yeah. we we hung that up. Everybody's doing something else. Literally, every single yeah. person is so doing something else. We had talked about it separately that. That music is predominantly your passion, but you knew that that was kind of a dying breed. Yeah. And do you think that kind of helps also with your excitement because you know, hey, dude, this isn't just something that, like, I could be passionate about. This is something that could actually show my passion but also get somewhere. Yeah. No, that's a great question Uh, just because – you know, and it is true. Like, whenever you do the metal stuff or you do the rap stuff, you automatically know your audience is limited. It doesn't automatically mean 
that you're not going to get somewhere. But we just kind of knew that this was just for fun. Like, yeah. this is a fun thing to do. We want to get up. And, wanna, and if we go somewhere, fantastic. But, like, this Kingside group, yeah, this is something that we we think is fun, A. B, I need music in my life. I can tell you for sure I need it. But, C, like, the singer-songwriter type of deal and, like, the rock stuff and, like, the just – the alternative, not easy listening, but the stuff that we're going to be putting out, it just has a far wider success rate than stuff like metal and stuff like rap. Just and that's just facts. Now, metal bands are huge. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no. but like they are so few and far between, comparative to the genre that we're looking at now. Yeah, which is hard to even kind of put a finger on what we will be. But the whole not aggressive not screaming and uh, and you know the more tasteful if you will type of music you know the sit that everybody can sit and listen to i feel like that has a bigger shot of going somewhere so i'm excited for that i, I can't it's lie man fun. when you told me what like i know like locally or like in our friend group a lot of people know as cities burn and that was what matt compared your song to so that was immediately when i thought but when you told me the type of Genre. I'm doing air quotes here. That yeah. you were, you almost reminded me of how Post Malone has talked. <laughs> I feel that, dude. Post like, Malone's awesome. Post Malone's I, I, I love Post Malone. I, yeah. I'm, I've never hidden behind that. I love Post Malone because yeah. I love the dude. Because a lot of people think that he's fake, but I think he's actually one of the more real people out there because he doesn't care what people think and he makes the type of music he wants to do. Yeah, that's that's what I give him credit for. Uh, also, the fact that he comes from a similar background as like me and. I would say you, but like more so you, me and your brother. We he loved metal. Yeah. He loved the Devil Wears Prada. He loved all these alternative groups. So like he was already more well vested than somebody, in my opinion. Now he can sing well. Like that already. Post Malone can sing fantastically. Take away all the effects. Him and an acoustic guitar. It's gorgeous. Yeah. But like you going into something knowing that there's more than just this is I think is going to be a helpful thing. Like yeah. I mean, there, I mean there are plenty of artists that I would love to share the stage with that are nowhere near going to be the type of genre that I'm with and I think that's a beautiful thing I, I think that leaves you open to it with saying yeah. we're not in a certain thing like I not to say like yeah this is going to happen but like I could see you with the way you were talking about the different types of music I could see you opening for someone like a Post Malone because it seems yeah. like those guys like always try to get someone that's so different like yeah. I saw Travis Scott two years ago and Khalid opened for him Right, it seems right. like they try to get that. Yeah. I, that's, I feel like Post Malone is that type of person. No, I feel multi-genre shows are becoming a huge thing. So realistically, like you have to be aware that there's other types of music out there. You have to be aware that you are not in this uh, and you are like alone per se. Like Post Malone is not the only type of music out there, and he realizes that. Yeah. Uh, but he also knows, like, this is what I'm making. This is what I want to do. So either stand behind me or don't. Yeah, that's kind of where we are with it. Like, we're gonna come out with the stuff we want. Not everything's gonna be consecutive and concise. It will be done to the best of our ability and stand behind us if you want. I mean, my thing that I've always been amazed with with you is just like because you, like we were just talking about the different bands that you've been in. You've had your hardcore bands. You've had your bands like you have now, and you've done your acoustic shows. It always amazed me the range of your voice. Thanks. Like that's because. Sometimes like I like he didn't even know it was you today. He didn't tell yeah. you this. He didn't even know that was you oh, today. I uh, asked them because I was like, was that like, is just not what said, I was Michael? Ex- Yeah. I said not the first yeah. in the past forty eight hours to tell me that. Like this is uh, like not what I was expecting. Shout out to Villamir and my dude Colin. I went to school with him and he was like, It's weird hearing your voice in something that's not 
what we've heard it in, and yeah. it's cool. I, I take that as a compliment. It's just uh, not that it shows that I can do multiple things. It's just I'm determined to do what I feel like is ahead of me now, and that's this project. So, I mean, what, with mixing or thinking about all of those, I guess you would say genres, what would, which one would you say is the toughest to do? Because well, I have one in my mind. Well, but that, I don't. I want to see if this is what you say. Well, it, it's it, that's a loaded question because it's hard. Uh, and I've never really been a touring artist. I've toured, and I've definitely only toured with a metal group, and that's unbearably difficult because if you're screaming, yeah. you're, you're giving everything on one show, and then you might not be able to talk for the next forty-eight yeah. hours. And I've seen it. I've seen that destroy vocalists. So like. Um, I would say that that was the most difficult part up until now. Now that I'm in such a, a, a I say, much more mature group um, when it comes to, like, the style and sound of music, I would say that, like, the most difficult thing that's going to be now is to, like, I don't know, keep delivering on that. Like, this production that we just put out, tell me I'm wrong, like, it sounds fantastic. I want it to sound like that every single time we step on the stage. Yeah. I want it to sound like that every single time that somebody hears us, even if they record us on their phone and go back to listen to it. That's my new goal is to make this as perfect as I can. Now, nothing is perfect. There's, there's obviously give and take, but that's, that's, that's going to be the difficult quote-unquote thing, I would say. That's you hear of artists like that all the time. Somebody will go, oh, I love their album, and then they go see them in person. And they're like, that was not yeah. what I Fall was Out Boy, that yeah. was the one yeah. I remember. What, they weren't like Patrick Stump. I didn't see them in person, but I saw them on one of those like VMAs or whatever, and yeah. I was like, dude, Patrick Stump cannot sing. Oh man, watch out! Be careful. Yeah, that's that's a huge no no because he well, can't. But I can't. Just, I can't sing. So me saying this is all is all. It, <laughs> it, it, like Patrick I can't Stone, sing at all. Go ahead, give us a little for taste here. No, yeah. For whatever reason you're listening, Patrick, he didn't mean it. But um, I will say this: is that even Patrick and guys at his level and guys like Post Malone. Now Post is a little different because he's partying and chugging cigarettes and doing all these things that probably aren't the greatest for your voice. Yeah. But like Patrick Stump sings three hundred days if not more out of the year yeah yeah so like it's the same concept as when you're screaming now screaming you have a huge chance of blowing your vocal cords in just a second but even so with all the performances that patrick stump does on the level that he does it on I'm well sure this was to that. be fair this was at the very beginning of fallout boy this uh, was when it's sugar we're going down swinging this they did that song okay like this was when they first came out all right that's fair. i mean i'll Maybe it was just a bad day. Yeah, off night. But I don't know. Shooter's going to shoot. Yeah, maybe it was just, I, a, bad it was just a bad day. And, but, like, you picked a really bad day to have a bad one. Because it was like, I was like, dude, this is really bad. Yeah, everybody has them. Everybody yeah. has them. Every single person. I've gone through and listened to stuff that I was a part of back in Lifelines or back in They Can't Bring Arms whenever there's a chorus that hit and we were supposed to be singing clear. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, I sound like a trash compactor or something. Like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, you have good and bad days. Exactly what you just said. Yeah. yeah. I related to sports and that thought, too, because to think about it, you know, watching the NBA Finals, you might see one guy have a great night. That's going to be the same thing for this. That's musicians, that's singers, that everything. True. But um, we, we were doing recently on our podcast and on our page, we talked about the greatest candy of all time. Woo! Yeah. We would call awesome. it the goat candy, right? Awesome. Yeah. And even though my co-host and my compadre here stacked the deck with Reese's and made <laughs> Reese's win out of his own doing, you yeah, know, that's what we do, baby. That's what we do. It's called you, beef's beef for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> you were a big part of this. I saw you voting on them. I saw you sharing them and I even saw you helping some people on how to vote on them and everything too. <laughs> oh, shout out Phyllis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love 
yeah, I, I, I love that I woke up that one morning and Phyllis had written her answers in Everyone. the comments of all of it. I was like, I love it. The so, thing I was thinking so is true. time consumption. Yeah, she's like giving effort, yeah. writing on all of it. So I was like, true. the thought. Yeah, that's that exactly. Went that into was it. honestly my. I was like, yeah. Oh, that's so. That's it's, like so pure. It's, it's just the best way you can say it. Well, and think about it. This goes for everybody because this is one of the things that we talked about before. Everybody has tried a candy and everybody loves some kind of candy. So what we want to do is we want to see, first of all, was there a candy that you thought got robbed? Or maybe the better question is, what was your favorite candy either on the list or off the list well, at that point? I mean, going back to what you just said about B-Lef, I'm, I'm certain he stacked it with Reese's because, I mean, him and his family <laughs> ingest that stuff more yeah. so than I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a thing. The Lefflers are the sole reason the Reese's company is still in- <laughs> Uh, I like the big cups, the Reese's Ooh. big cups with the thick chocolate. I'll tell you that much. But that was not on there, but like it was, like, it was I, because I didn't want it to be what he still accused me of doing. <laughs> Allegedly, so I didn't put it on there. Yeah. I would say that the Reese's egg or the holiday Reese's that did win, uh, and I had to confirm that that is what won, right? Yeah. Okay. That that probably is that's that's fair. I would say that. I mean, everybody loves them eggs and them little trees. When they oh, not this, the not this guy over here. No, that's fine. Again, if you're a Leffler and Mullins, apparently you do. But, yeah. Or uh, any red-blooded American. <laughs> you love the Reese's uh, eggs no. or trees or pumpkins or any other seasonal ones, that, the hearts as the well. Hearts. I almost forgot the Balance. hearts. I almost forgot yeah. the hearts. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you this. I used to love Kit Kats. So, like, I was, there was a soft spot in my heart for, like, the Kit Kats, and I think it kind of went out pretty no, it actually made it decently Did it, far. Did it make yeah. it far? Okay. Well, Final four, if I, think, I remember I, correct, I, because right I picked it. I said I thought that was the unanimous victor. When we were on the Elite Eight, I said it's over. You might as well write it down. Because based on voting up to that point, Kit Kat had been doing really well. And yeah. it, yeah. Let me ask you a question, because I asked him and, and Steve Wade, which Steve Wade is apparently like – Dude, he's like I don't even know how to explain it. Dude only likes fruit candy and that's like it. Oh, mm-hmm. I know the time. I like both of them. Yeah. But like I'm not as into fruit candy as you. Like uh, nerd ropes are like his life. That's what I was about to say. Like, <laughs> it's not chocolate, it's nerd ropes. Yeah, it's nerd, nerd ropes. I'm like, dude. So I I was like I asked him as well this question. Rolos, what are your thoughts on Rolos? Love Rolos. I'm the same way. I'm like, dude, these things are getting slept on so much. Love Rolos. My wife loves Rolos. She makes those little uh, pecan pretzel Rolo little things. I don't know. Oh, dude, that sounds so fire. Well, I say she's wanted to make them, but I can already taste them. They're fantastic. Uh, I'm pretty sure she made them. I can't remember if it was her or if it was somebody in the family that did it one of the holidays, but man. But thank you for someone else finally backing me up with Rolos. She actually threw me a Rolo the other day, and I missed it, and it's still on the floor because I'm lazy and Saving it for just in case one day you're like, God, I really need a roll so off. You know, in his mind, he's like, I'm eating that when I get home. <laughs> That's what he's thinking. He's like, I'm glad you reminded me of that roll off. I'm eating that when I get home. <laughs> well, and this was my other question, too, because I was thinking about this. And you, like you said earlier, too, I'm sure it changes by what band you're in or what you're doing at the time, what event. But I was thinking about it. A lot of these newer artists and people who are blowing up are heavily involved with pushing clothing brands. You know, Word. last week I just mentioned about Travis Scott with doing his Jordan collaboration with his Word. shoes. Yeah. They're selling for like $1.6,000, which I was told I'm not allowed to say $1.6. It's, it's $1,600. $1, <laughs> <laughs> like, this but is the guy that doesn't yeah. like Reese's Holiday. No, no, no. He but says $1.6,000. Yeah, $1.6,000. My reasoning, hear the reasoning, 1600 oh, 1600 right? 
1.6 thousand or 1.6 k. Now that's got a little it bit. It makes of a you sound uneducated. Yeah. Is well, what it does. Like you have no clue what's going on. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> like, that's so, not fair. I was just joking. So no, it's it's duly noted. <laughs> but the thing I was thinking is, whenever you're going to a concert or a show, what's your thought behind an outfit, and kind of what's what's maybe a go-to outfit? That's a great question too. A lot of people put thought into that. A lot of it too. So a lot of people would get excited that you've realized that there's either some. Like, there was some thought behind the stage presence, if you will. Like, uh, I would say in metal, um, more so than any other genre, you're going to see a lot of matching. You're going to see a lot of V-necks. <laughs> you're going to see a lot of skinny jeans and a lot of dark clothing. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's part of the, I mean, that's probably what you're going to see in the crowd, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, realistically. And then the same thing with rappers. Like, you're going to see Ice. You're going to see all these, like, name brands. And you're going to see the things that probably support them and give them yeah. money, too. So, like... With all that in mind, I have never cared. I have always been shorts, flip flops, and like I was literally was going to say that band T-shirts or whatever. Now I I will say this, and I told my group this a multitude of times, and Kingside is cool with it because you know I don't think anybody would ever be not cool with it. But like my attire going forward will uh, will be a Cancer Kids T-shirt. Yeah, more than likely I will have a different Cancer Kids T-shirt, like a Team Elijah or a Team you know Iliad or whatever. We'll we'll have that. For sure, um, I will have that. Now, whether or not I have a you know a hoodie over that or not, but that's going to be my thing because I want to bring attention to something with with not having to like directly speak about it, which I still will speak about it. But if somebody looks up and see like, what's Rabdo my sarcoma? Who is Il- who is Iliad? Who is Elijah? Who is Jameson? Yeah. Who are all these people? I mean, that's just bringing something aware. That's bringing awareness to something bigger than yourself, and I think yeah. that's that's something that's I now feel called to do. And I think the guys in the group are like, that's awesome. And they want shirts. They want to support. And that'll just do nothing but good, in my opinion. Yeah. So, oddly enough, I forgot that this question was – I mean, I, I, I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's cool because, like, I really want to talk about that. I really want that to be something going forward that people know is important to us. Yeah. And so, I think fashion would be a good way to bring that out. That's so much deeper, though. That I mean, to me, that takes fashion to the next level because before you said all that, I was going to say until you get a sponsor. Well, now yeah. hearing that, it doesn't matter if you get a sponsor no, at that point. No, that's that's going to fit right in with a sponsorship yeah. because think about it. Any sponsor will want to get behind that as well, too. I feel that. I yeah. feel that completely. I'd rather sponsor like Norton's or yeah. St. Jude or like these places that actually need – that like you know, if a rapper's got ice and all these things, and he's getting paid to wear that stuff, that's awesome. But I would much rather take the given ability to me and use it to spread awareness for something else that's bigger than myself and way more important. But let's be honest though, it would be dope if you had a Saint Jude chain though. I'd be, oh. That would be dope. <laughs> yeah. That would yeah. be dope. Be Just tight. came out there doing this music, <laughs> this like playing the acoustic with a big Saint Saint Jude chain. <laughs> no. Like what was it? Migos? They got, a, they got a couple like cool iconic things, if you will. Like the whole Danny Thomas guy, like he started this, you know, Saint Jude obviously and you all can do the research on that. But I did like, actually it would be cool to have like a Danny Thomas chain it'd be cool to have like an actual saint jude chain it'd be cool to have like their little half crescent with the child the profile yeah. of the child it'd be cool to have all that i would i would i would yeah i gotta watch what i say i would rip that yeah <laughs> well see i i didn't tell you this i've i told him this i was so touched and amazed at that hospital in memphis i literally got home that sunday i got home late sunday night that monday the next day at work i was like working or whatever and i had a little break i literally got on there put my credit card in there i have been donating the that monday since yes. every month since then and anybody that listens to this because i know we're going to get a lot more listens because you're on it and i know that you know a lot of people not to pump you up but i know yes. that and cool. please go and 
either A, do your research on St. Jude because you'll be blown away once you see all the stuff, and B, donate. Because, I, dude, it was like nothing to me to donate. $25 a month, that's not that much money. Yeah, you spend so. more than that on freaking fast food or stuff you, you know, shouldn't by have. far. By that's far. not that much money, but that $25 helps a ton, too. Yeah. And think about if uh, everybody does that, that makes the, a huge uh, difference. There's a saint, there's a, they have all different types of quote-unquote merch stores on campus, which is awesome. Well, like two of them, I say all sorts. But one of them is the ALSAC, which is the, the main f- funding source for St. Jude, and it's uh, Danny Thomas created that as well. Um, but ALSAC funds a lot of what St. Jude does and they have a little poster board in one of the merch stores or their, their I say merch stores I'm used to saying merch but their merchandise store it's whatever their gift shop their gift shop that's the gift shop gift shop the gift shop they have a board on there and it, it shows you the, the costs for just a couple of the things on there and as you're buying your shirt and as you're doing your thing and I'm sure it's on the website too it's like $75 for one day of oxygen for a kid that needs it $25 for a no more chemo party the supplies to buy for like you know them throwing confetti and all the balloons and stuff and that's the stuff that like when a kid smiles and sees like oh my goodness I'm not going to have this anymore of course every parent wants to see their son or daughter like have that no more chemo party and people fund that just like what you're doing the yeah. $25 a month you've probably paid for no more chemo parties you've probably paid for like days worth of oxygen for some kid that genuinely needs it and that's where all the money comes from it just comes from people there's a shirt that costs uh, whatever 20 times 12 is. I mean, that's $240. And all this shirt says is this shirt saves lives. Because every single penny of that shirt, not even the production cost, the production cost for that shirt is funded from somewhere else. But every single penny from that shirt goes to the kids. And yeah. That's exactly how it should be. Yeah. And that's that's, that's why I'm like, because, uh, you know, all the Team Elijah shirts or all the Team Jameson shirts or all these, the, 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 that money goes back to the family. And, you know, at a place like St. Jude, and even if you're not at St. Jude, like, the the costs up and moving is just ridiculous, yeah. and St. Jude has that in mind. Yeah, like when when you're this was another reason <clears throat> when your mother in law brought this up when we were there, she said that she had heard that it it's two million dollars a day to operate that hospital, 2.4. and I was like, Dang. dude, there's to me it, that seems astronomical because it doesn't seem like it would be that low. Right. Oh, that's a good point. That's actually just to keep the hospital up and running. That doesn't even include medicines. That yeah. doesn't even include. I think that includes salary and, like, building costs, I think. And I'm pretty sure that's not even right. But all of that, 75% of that, I say all, but 75% of that comes from donations. 25% of that comes from applicable insurance if they can charge your insurance. But the the family never sees a bill. It's ridiculous. Like, it's absolutely insane. There's a kid, um, and I love the family, but I won't get too much into it because I don't know how, like, with all the the violations of medical law or whatever. But I know that his medicine – Every single time he gets it is a half a million dollars. Wow. His medicine oh my is $500,000 a bag. And now that medicine has saved him, and it was genetically modified for his specific body type. But that's how much cost goes into one child's medicine. Yeah. Now, I'm sure that there are cheaper medicines out there that yeah. are being given to the St. Jude kids, too. But it just shows you the astronomical cost. So the people yeah. like you that are donating, and I do agree with Brandon, like if you've got $5 a month, man, I mean, if you buy a coffee a day, don't buy coffee for every Monday for that month, and then go out and spend that 20 bucks on St. Jude instead, yeah. or that, Norton, wherever. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, like, I was just doing that just because I was so touched from going there, I was I like, I have to, like, I have to, I have yeah. to do this, and it's like, people would be like, oh, you don't have to, no, like, it was... Until you go there and experience it for yourself, like you really have no idea what it's like. It's the truth. But that's the truth. 
But cool. back to back to some more music stuff. That's that's cool, man. Yeah. No, Saint Jude uh, helped birth this group too. Let me just say that right quick. The Kingside guys, uh, we weren't Kingside at the second, but um, and I'm, I don't know if we're gonna if I'm jumping a question here, but this is a perfect time for me to say is that these guys gave me an outlet. Uh, while Iliad was in his treatment and while we were all there, these guys gave me an outlet unlike anybody else was able to. Now, it was awesome to see you guys come and visit. And yeah. don't get me wrong, I would I would have I would have wished that you guys could be there every single day. But these guys were taking my music. At the time, it might have been like we were like talking about maybe just being like the Mike Mullins band or whatever. But like I don't like that idea. So I think we all came to the conclusion to like, let's all write. Let's all do something yeah. bigger and better here. But they were there for me and like allowing me to give them my music. They were recording and and writing and arranging my music and sending it back to me. And it was just like this collaboration that kind of let me escape. Oh, absolutely. Cool way and in a way that I'll never forget. That's another reason why, like, Kingside, I feel like is going to go, not go places, but go farther for me and, like, where I feel like it could go just because the attachment that I have to these guys. Like, Mike and Teddy and Scott um, were with my drummer and guitarist and um, – well, the drummer is now the auxiliary musician, but we can get to that later. <laughs> um, the new drummer—they were all there for me in a new, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an exciting way, and uh, I just needed to get that out. Like, thank you guys. I know you guys are listening to this, and thanks for letting me represent us today. But like, for real, thank you all for being there in, a, in an awesome way that I, really I have, nobody else was able to. Be. I have to ask a, a BJ question because yeah. <laughs> BJ brings the, the humor part to this in, in, in these questions. Was there any? Was there other names that you guys thought about? Like, what? First of all, what goes into making a name? Because this isn't in, in the list of questions. No. <clears throat> what goes into making a name? Everything. And that's that's the first question. And second question: Was there anything? Was there a list? And can we hear some of these? I know Scott right now is yelling at his computer for me to tell everybody his name, but I don't think I can. (laughs) Um, Or his phone or whatever he's deciding to listen to on. Uh, I will tell you this. That is probably the most stressful thing is not necessarily even branding because once you have a name, you can can look at it and know how to make that word look good. But it's coming up with that word. I know that in our minds we wanted to have a one-word name. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe you know, just like a concise name, just something really small that, that rolls off rolls the tongue. Off the yeah. tongue. Um, but still, even then, it took us months to boil down to Kingside. And excuse me, I think I think we only settled on it because you know it, it does sound good, and I think we could market it. But like, it, it really doesn't have any meaning to us whatsoever. It's just something that we knew that we could. And I hate to say that, like, don't get me wrong. We well, love no, Kingside, no, I mean, because there's there's like, random things like yeah, that that like. Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. That's that, those names. Even though that was eons ago, and respect to them as well. Like, but their name doesn't mean anything. Like, think of one of my favorite artists, The Weeknd. Yeah. Everyone's like, why does he didn't? Have, why doesn't he not have the E at the end? You want to know why he doesn't have the E at the end? You may know this. No. There was another dude named The Weeknd <laughs> with E and D, so he just took it off. Are you serious? Nothing special behind why he spelled it that way, no other than way. there was another dude, and he was a Canadian artist, and he was like, well, I can't take his name. No so he way. just took the E out at the end. I've See, never I mean, seen how that was spelled, so you had me confused there for yeah. a little bit. So I was thinking it, the weekend is W E E K N D. Yeah. No way. Yeah, so I he never just, noticed that. He just I took, didn't know it either. That's why like I was when thinking. you like read a word and like the letters are purposefully flipped around, you yeah. still read it correctly. It's yeah. like you never pay attention to something like that. But now it's a good name. We we just like Kingside and we knew that we can make it look good. And uh and we all unanimously agree that it does not matter what name you are. 
your music will carry you further than your name. Yeah. And I think that's I, what we're kind of banking on. I actually got really lucky with my with the podcast name. Beast Beef's perfect. Well, see, I got I like lucky. It. I got lucky with it because I was I told all my I told my buddies that you know that we were just talking about earlier Smitty and Joey and Cooper and Mad and all yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm doing. I'm going to start a podcast, and you know, the first episode was this was before I was going to do with Cooper, and I was like, yeah, I haven't thought of a name yet, and then. Joey just like jokingly said beef's beef and I was like dude that's perfect no yeah. I was like that is like See, I thought you came up with it but no Joey, no I can't dude. take the credit Joey Joey See, Scroggy stuff like that happens all the time you're like oh that's that's the next movie that's the next book title that's the yeah. next artist title that's just it because they called me they called me beef and like my my thing was I wanted to have a beef with something I and feel it he he awesome. said it, and I was like, "No, I did not come up with that." So, if anybody thought that I was taking credit for that for the longest, no, I would I would have told you from the beginning. No, I did not come up with the name. Joey came up with the name, and I've given him credit at least off air, yeah, yeah. a thousand times. Credit, yeah. but no royalties. He ain't yeah. getting no royalties. <laughs> no royalties. I'll tell you this real quick. Also, it doesn't even matter. Like coming down to the name, people are going to either mispronounce it or take it to something and mean like uh, mean something different. The only thing that sticks to mind is Ariana Grande. Yeah, her last name is Grandy. Yeah, and nobody nobody thinks to be like. She even came out with it. She's like, I just like Grandy. I just never wanted. I was like, wait a minute. So her last name is really Grandy. Her last name is Grandy. Oh, well, look at Aunt uh, Kumbo. Giannis on Kutumo for the Bucks. It's not Giannis. It, that's whoa, what I'm saying. That's whoa, what man. that's what everyone says. Okay. They, what is it? It's or I'm sorry, his last name. Ante everyone Kumbo. says Ante Tecumbo, but it's Ante. It, he he said it, and he's <laughs> and they were like, "Why haven't you corrected?" He's like, "I just never really felt like I should correct anybody." Yeah. I think it was actually Charlemagne the guy in his podcast that came out with that was interviewing her, and she's like, "Yeah, I just always like Grandy." He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, time out, time out, Grandy," and she's like, "Yeah." I've just never corrected anybody. Like, yeah. so people are gonna. I mean, and she's still announced as Ariana Grande. Like, I never knew mm, that. You like yeah. how I just blew your old mind with the weekend. You just blew my mind with that. <laughs> I'm gonna have I to did, do some mm. deep research on this, not on her name, but on yeah. the actual artist. Yeah, herself. I don't even know who she is. Yeah. I may have to yeah, Google yeah. her. No, Google him. Like, I know who she is. She's up there with all the stuff that I don't necessarily listen to, but they, they're around. Yeah. So I think some people. When they listen to music or you know listen to the radio, or especially like today's rap, they think, man, they writing this stuff is so easy. Like I could fart in a microphone and make a and make a song. Like this is like they. And I'll be honest with you, I, I'm I'm kind of guilty of this sometimes. When you hear like farting in the microphone, yes, I'm that's farting true. in a microphone. That's true. why I had. That's why I wasn't here last week. I told you I was on biz. I had pink eye. That's actually what happened. Pink teeth. Uh, so. I mean, they, they think, yeah. I mean, there's it's so it's so easy to write a song. What like explain to people like what really goes into writing a song? All right, let me address the the misconception that people can do it because when my my one response to always is to people is then do it like do yeah. it yeah. and then you will see how difficult it is. Now, if if you're if you've got the voice, if you've got something in your head like. These songs, at least the ones that I was a part of crafting before bringing it to the guys in Kingside, uh, some of them are just in my head, and it's just a matter of like transcribing it from thought to actual tangibility. But uh, it's not, not, not easy to do this thing either alone or without like 
without the help of somebody. Cause ghost writers. The ghost, those are those exist. Like songwriters are huge. Oh yeah. Like we all know Wagon Wheel, but Wagon Wheel wasn't written by Darius Rucker. It was written by the old, old yeah, it was whatever, old, old Crow, Crow Medicine, Medicine, Medicine Show. Show. Yeah, and that's a that's a huge example. But I don't know if you guys have heard that song. I've never heard yeah, Wagon. Nobody Wheel. ever heard. We already heard it today. Um, <laughs> like I just heard it again. Um, stuff like that. <laughs> stuff like that. I think is it's, it's a misconception. Yeah, I know that. With the advancement of technology, like if you have an iPhone and you don't know about GarageBand, you're silly to me. You have a you have you have a built-in app that a decade ago would have cost you bunches of money that is just on your phone that can make you sound like anybody you want to sound like. But still, it does take talent, and in my opinion, again, that's people yeah. can agree or disagree, but it does take talent to make music that sticks. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we're talented, but I definitely know that we're trying to make music that yeah. sticks. And like, you know, stuff that would be not either relatable or just enjoyable to listen to. Because you can make a song, you know, like a kid's song really easily. And kids will love it. But you're talking about a monster eating socks. It's not, it's not hard. Baby shark, yeah. Yeah, baby shark. It's not hard subject matter. It just depends on what you're writing. And shark's you're pretty hard. Have you ever seen street sharks? Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen street sharks? Six are on rollerblades. <laughs> street sharks are pretty hard. The thing that street blows me sharks. away, though, too, is think about how much music there has been over the years, and to do something that's different, and then to draw inspiration from that, but to change it. Man, that's what I think about over the time. I'm like, if you are writing your own music, and you're doing original stuff, like, now I, I kind of understand why people do covers of stuff mm-hmm. because that's such an easier route to go, even though yeah. it's still difficult in its own right. Songwriting, I, I don't think people will understand, and I've never done it myself for good reasons, no. but songwriting <laughs> sounds tough to me. It's don't, tough. It's don't sell yourself short, BJ. Yeah, no, I yeah, wouldn't yeah. sell yourself short. Either. I would. I think I, I was overselling myself yeah. there. <laughs> you kind of, you kind of uh, went into part of my next question, but... I mean, are you the type of person that says, I think you kind of answered it in the last answer. Are you the type of person that says, okay, I want to write a song. You sit down and you're just like, all right, cool, there it is. Or is it one day you're just like, okay, yeah, that's a song. Or is it, would you say it's kind of both? I'd say it's a mixture of every different thing, probably. Um, Like this, uh, the Tell Me I'm Wrong, since that's what people can listen to of ours right at the moment. Um, that was a chorus that got stuck in my head that I just came up with. I don't know what it was. It, really, the subject matter has nothing to do with like personal experience, and a lot of people think that's crazy. Like with uh, music, you just place yourself in a situation and write about it. In my like, for me, tell me I'm wrong because I can't take it. You know, we're spinning around together. We're never gonna make it. Like, it's obviously about love lost or a broken relationship. That doesn't mean I wrote it from a broken relationship. My wife and I are plenty happy. Yes, we've gone through some things, and I can put myself in situations. But that tell me I'm wrong. It just came. It just kind of popped into my head. Like I look at what subject matters. I hate to say this, but like not sell songs, but like. Most songs are about love. Well, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it that way because I. I feel like what you're looking for is what's going to. I guess it would be sell, but what's going to touch people yes. or what's going to get to people? Draw some what, emotion out. What can I relate to? Relate. Yes. What can I relate to? With? Yeah, and that's what I feel like. A good songwriter, not necessarily saying I'm a good songwriter, but like a good songwriter needs to understand is you have to be able to either put yourself into somebody's shoes. Or write from personal experience, and normally, if you write from personal experience, it's not going to go over the exact same way because yeah. that song is for you, not for the other. Now, I'm writing for myself. Now, like this is a whole catch twenty two type of deal. Like, oh, are you writing for yourself or are you writing for your fans? 
I'm, we're just writing to write music. Like I said, yeah. we want to we want people to get behind us to support us and to write music that sticks. Yeah, and I think you know when you're writing a song, anything can come to mind. Like the next songs we have coming out, it was just a riff that I had in my mind, like on the guitar. Is it gonna get and, more? Is it gonna be more catchy than? Than this one because like possible? I literally just like wake up at like four o'clock in the morning I'm like oh did I hear it there it is again <laughs> no I think I think if you can write a catchy song it's awesome but I, I do think that uh, each song speaks its own specific language and I think uh, when you're able to like repeat a song and have it stuck in your head and that that language spoke to you in some way so I, I think the next couple songs we have coming out uh, we have a song coming out called Let It Be Known. Uh, and Let It Be Known was literally just me in the in my basement playing around on my guitar. And I was like, ooh, that's a cool little little riff or whatever. And I, I sent it to the guys. And sure enough, after we get back from St. Jude, that's like one of the things we approach. And we all write it together. Wow. It was just a cool little thing that, you know, you take an idea and you take a riff and you craft a song about it. Or you just have already had it in your head. Yeah. Like it's, I think it could be either or. It's a hard question to answer. But yeah. It's a, I think that's about where we are with it. Well, I'm sure that changes day-to-day with it, too. And, and speaking about changing day-to-day, typically a lot of people eat breakfast on a day-to-day <laughs> basis, right? Yeah. And I would say typically the go-to breakfast is cereal. And as we referenced in this episode earlier, um, we're bringing out a new bracket. So everybody gets to have a little fun with that as well, too. And we're going with the cereal bracket. The cereal goat, baby. What's so the cereal goat? to persuade some listeners and to get them on your side to help push your cereals towards the front and have them win all their brackets, sell us what your favorite cereal is or maybe reference a couple of them at that point. Well, you know I'm going to reference a couple because I don't – my fat butt <laughs> already talked about them because I saw the question. All right, so Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Fire. Victor. Yeah. Like already the – in my mind. But then again, sometimes Cinnamon Toast Crunch cuts the roof of your mouth, dog, and I ain't trying to have it all the time. Yeah. So, like <laughs> – Yeah. yeah. It's the struggle uh, I, it's, that people just, go through for – like Captain Crunch and all that stuff. I mean, all those hard cereals are going to cut your roof of the mouth. But I think that Cinnamon Toast Crunch has always been my go-to. Tied for second are both the pebbles, the mm. fruity pebbles and cocoa pebbles. I love them both. They make the milk the best. That's uh, what what blows my mind is some people, and I'm, if one of you two are these people, I'm gonna be really upset. <laughs> yeah. But that that eat cereal and then don't drink the milk afterwards. No, not no, that person. No, no. Um, you're pretty much psychopath if you do that. Yeah, no, that blows. The other my mind. thing that makes you a psychopath with cereal is if you pour the cereal first. Yeah. What? Or I'm sorry, if you pour the cereal second. Like, my, oh, bad, my, bad. Like, no, yeah, yeah, my bad. My bad. No. Yeah, yeah. My bad. I said that completely wrong. No, if no, you pour, if you pour only time the cereal, cereal goes, second. The only time it goes on top of the milk is when you're refilling. Making a second bowl. Absolutely. Hashtag yes. power move right Absolutely, there. Absolutely, yes. There's no way you pour the cereal second unless yeah. you're making another bowl. Uh, well, and that was my analysis, too, was clearly you like the cereals that make that milk nice and uh, flavorful yeah, after as sure. well, like, which probably every cereal, right? But yeah, those sure two are probably. guess what my favorite cereal is. What, your favorite Blueberry cereal? Morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that <laughs> is. Hey, that's a classic. That's a, don't be disrespectful. Blueberry Morning? Blueberry Morning is that classic, like a, and it's healthy. Sounds like a place we shouldn't go to in Vegas. <laughs> Well, <laughs> or should go to because blueberries are delicious. Depending oh, on who you are, yeah. yeah. This is probably a Reese's product. Bro. Reese's yeah. puffs, baby. Reese's, man. Is your brothers like? This? Are your brothers like this too? I don't know if the, if that's their favorite, but I think 
it's Ryan's, but I know it's mine. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> mine. Yeah. The only one that, that matters. Uh, that's so good. No, I, I can get down to some Reese's, too. I just like all cereal. Actually, uh, unfortunately so, we just cleaned out our cabinets at home, and I guess my wife and I got into a habit of just buying cereal all different types because I just threw away, like, 15 boxes of cereal. Yeah. You know what like... I'm upset about? That that place on Barstown Road did not last longer. I guess it was what? Baxter or what. No, I guess oh, it was yeah. still... It was like it a was... cereal milkshake place or whatever. You literally just go in there, dude, and they had every cereal, dude. You can just get a bowl of cereal. Yeah, but I could see why that didn't last because you can also go into every grocery but store. But you can't go it. and just get one bowl. Yeah, but this is the thing. What's the price per bowl? Because yeah, you're paying three bucks. Yeah, more. you're paying three bucks for look, a box dude. of it, bro. He said, look, but here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. With okay, going, going go ahead. Into, going into, no, no, I'm not sure. telling. I'm at, this is a question. You okay. need to relax real quick. <laughs> what kind of milk do you drink? With your cereal. It's a hard one because there's different, there's a different texture, I feel like. I'm, oh, good man. Well, see, I, here's the thing. I know I'm weird with this, but this is the like the only type of milk I really drink is skim. Skim? I, I love skim milk, to be honest with you. But I know that's one of those things where it's like that's a quirky thing that I like, but like I just love that stuff. What's most popular, though? 2%? I would, 2%. Is 2%, 2% most 2% popular? Is probably the, yeah, that yeah. blue top on it. I don't mind either one. I don't, I don't think it matters to me. I think... The, I even like almond milk and soy almond milk. Almond milk's fire, too. And soy milk is even better, I feel like, in cereal. It gives a different richness, and I know people think I'm crazy. No, but, almond milk's fire. No, when we used to, I worked at the coffee shop, we had a, we had a, uh, we would get this half gallon of unprocessed, unhomogenized, straight from the cows type of milk or whatever, and it was like $16 for a half, wow. for a half gallon. Like, unbelievably expensive. Best milk I've ever had. Yeah. Straight well, I've from heard, the I've heard it is. I hate that too. Like you're like, oh, that's gross. But no, it's not. I mean, whatever. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect. I would love to have a bowl of that, but I felt like that would have been way too expensive of a bowl of cereal. Yeah. Maybe Brandon can arrange that for us at yeah. some point. <laughs> we'll have to see. I'm not lactating at the moment, <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> Anymore after the procedure. It's not that time of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, I, I thought that might have been at least the chance that we could have had there. So, but that brings me to we've pretty much touched on everything. We touched on food. We've touched on music. We've touched on outfits. What's the other thing that goes all with it? Vehicles. I didn't realize this, dude. But you're literally just asking rap questions. Rap Whoa. questions? Yeah, you're rap? literally just at like everything that goes into a rapper's, you know, other than like what they call women. He referenced earlier white chocolate. Cars. And, you know, in my previous life, I don't want to, you know, go into too much detail, but, you know, there's some rap connotations there. So mm. I, I would say the inspiration is drawn from my past lives and experiences in the hood. And you grew yeah. up in New Albany, dude. Well, like it's now, there are hoods in New Albany. Dog. He did. He grew up by Graceland. No, I did not. First of all, know. you know Allentown, PA. That's a tough part of town. You didn't grow up there, though. You moved here. Well, it depends what your definition of growing up is. And then Jefferson. You had no choice but to grow up. The YMCA. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step yeah. on those. Don't hurt me. Dude. Well, and you're getting us off. It's getting us off topic here. No, I think it's awesome. What we were wondering is, basically, forget money, forget everything. If you could drive a car for the rest of your life, and it could be any car, any model, any make you wanted, what year, make, and model vehicle would you get? 2004 Scion XB. Boom. Really? Hmm. The only reason why it's the Scion is because you know, we have, we own a Scion, but it's not the old box type. It's because when I first saw that car... 
I don't know what it was, other than a Corvette. I'll tell you this. I used to love Corvettes as a child. And I don't know, again, it looked like a hot rod or it looked like a hot wheel, and it was just the, the normal thing, I feel like, for boys to like sports American cars, muscle. American muscle cars or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then Kosuke, my brother Kosuke, he loved, like, tuner cars. And he loved, yep. like, uh, the Nissans and, like, the, the, the you know, whatever the – crazy formula one cars are he loved that type of stuff so like i i was around a lot matt loved mustangs i was a lot but when i first saw that scion on tv i don't know what it was there was a there was a there was just like something generational about it because of the way like you could customize things and that they stopped doing that later on in the production and scion now is technically a classic because they don't make them anymore but i i this is something that stuck out to me like i was designing my own scions at like 12 years old on the internet uh. and like trying to figure out what would be my perfect dream car uh my first car ended up being a, a jeep which not too far off from the body style and i just love that type of stuff i think i would if no money was involved i might check out a land rover those look tight yeah yeah those look dope i think that would be pretty cool uh, but or an RV like my, like my grandparents or Tessa's grandparents love camping and doing all that RV stuff. If I could buy a dope ass, mm-hmm. I, yeah, <laughs> dope RV. <laughs> that has to be the greatest answer in beef beef history though, because I love the thought put behind it, and I love it's like you could spend any amount of money you want onto it, and you get a car that is very reasonably priced and affordable because of the meaning that has behind it. Yeah. So that's the type of answer that to me makes a lot of sense, and that will show people, you know, when you're doing your concerts and your albums and your stuff there's a lot more thought that's going into yeah. it than just hey this is for the masses so i love that answer right I there i think it's great i mean like i've always loved that car you're asking but i don't know what it is about it but i just i mean bj I think, what's your answer yeah, to this? i'm Cause, curious because I, I i just i was like i have to give an answer to this too but i have to think about it so I'm, that's why i'm putting you on the spot the first. tough thing for me is like there's certain iconic cars that i always said if i ever you know made it air quotes made it then you would have a garage of all those cars yeah so like we talked about there's a couple of classics that are american muscle cars that i would love i won't list those because there's too many to name I feel that. my first car was an 83 cutlass supreme that was iconic to me like that will always have you know talking about special spots but the two cars that i'll probably highlight um would be a toyota supra kind of like what you were talking about earlier the you know um tuner scene type of car but i don't know why when i was younger i always loved those and then playing all the video games that we played when you had the choice of a supra that would be my choice absolutely or a skyline yeah yeah Yeah, or skylines are nice too and my all-time favorite is a 95 chevy impala ss our good friend mike sharp actually drove one of those for a while and i told him i love that car and i i mean i've got no real reason i think uh all about the benjamins was a big part (laughs) about that yeah and that's the exact one I want that black with that you know nice tan interior grayish interior uh, and they're affordably priced as well too but 454 engine under the hood nice probably guzzles gas yeah, you know guzzles. but it's worth it in the long run Tess and I just got a truck I love the truck too I know Brandon you just got one too I yeah I've never thought we'd be truck owners but I love it like a rock baby Dude, it's yeah. great like yeah, absolutely you know speaking of Toyota Supers it's just flooded my nostalgic memory here but the Nicolas Cage movie Gone in 60 Seconds yeah, uh, yeah. when they have to steal the baby or whatever and that's yeah. like the Toyota Supra oh my yeah. goodness that they named was, each car yeah, that, that movie such, was underrated yeah it was it's such a good looking car good movie I mean Nicolas Cage is crazy but that one's uh, underrated and Fast and the Furious is overrated uh, yeah well obviously because we're on like Fast 10 now yeah. I, don't even, I don't even get it 
Yeah. Didn't yeah, they say rumor has it that Bieber's supposed to replace R.I.P. Paul Walker, though? Oh, God. Well, anything yeah. they can make it any better, right? <laughs> Viewership will probably go up a little bit, though. Um, I'm going to go with uh, an 04 Escalade with some spinners. Per- EXT Pearl, or ESV? Pearl White. Pearl White, EXT. Okay, EXT is the truck one, or the oh no 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 EXT. SUV. I'm sorry. Like I want no. I want I want I want the SUV with the big spinner, the sprees on there. Yeah. The sprees. The spree wells, baby. Birdman. I'm about here. to look. I'm about to look them up. See the no see if they can get them, way. dude. <laughs> some spinners on the avalanche. There's a certain way they spin that that way you know if it's correct or not. By the way, I don't know which way it spins, but. No, I, I think it's buckwild that, like, yeah, there are spinners, but, like, the true spinners, in my opinion, are ones when you're driving next to them and their wheels aren't even moving. Yeah. Like, type stuff. Like, they're, the bearings are so good. I think, that's weight, what, I think that's what it actually is. Sp- okay. Yeah. yeah. Saying, whatever that is, perfect. Like, I would put that on the truck. I mean, I'm not against going to Walmart and getting those plastic ones, though. I mean, I guess I'm not either, but... I will be. I'll be that guy. Let's let's not do that, guys. Come hubby. on, man. You need, the, yeah. you need some hubbies for the contour. Yeah, I'll throw no. them on there. I think I'd ride that line between unnecessary and whatever. I mean, they're there for somebody. Yeah, yeah. somebody's gonna get it. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. I think oh, you. No, I I'm think not, you kind of are. I'm gonna judge you. Like if you get one of those, that's fine. But like, it's whatever. It's not my life. Yeah. I mean, I always wanted no those judgment. Dada's that had the, the spinners in the side of them. If you the do get them, the it's shoes, like easy the access to a weapon. The, they were the spree wells. Oh, yeah. yeah, see, I'm bringing so much yeah. nostalgia back for you today. Great technology in that oh, shoe, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. The, the, the spree well shoes, Dada's. Yeah. And they had the spinner in the side that worked off the air of your fat <laughs> pressure taking steps. Yeah, it was so great. Like They put pumps to shame. Yeah. Well, it was took that technology and then put it, put in, it in with us. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, I saw a video the other day. Yeah, I love, I love stupid viral videos, and one of them was this kid ordering Heelys again. Oh, <laughs> oh dude, <laughs> so a lot funny. of injuries yeah. with those, oh, man. Dude, so funny, so funny. To see those people just scooch down in such a weird, odd pose. It's like that's the only way they work. Just like, yeah. <laughs> well, the deeper I can one see was that, like that ride too, where you just like kick the front <laughs> foot up. Once they put that inner soul thing on there that was like the metal plate that then you can jump up and grind on no, stuff to when they we were that? little kids yeah. yeah why did i never get these when dude? we were little kids i want to say we were probably all around fifth grade sixth grade they didn't have the heelys with the wheels on it but that was the big thing at schools was like you would have that metal plate under and yes. you'd see a rail and you just jump up and try oh, yeah, to slide walking. down it. i did that all the time extreme walking <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like an unathletic person's parkour. <laughs> hey, it, it probably took some athleticism. Absolutely, a lot of injuries came oh, from you that. Guys are buck wild. I so, love it. so you you touched on a lot of this let these last couple questions, but I'm going to ask them anyway because no, they're because they're on the list. No, so, your current band, like you mentioned, is Kingside, and you all just released your first single, "Tell Me I'm Wrong." Which, for those of you that don't know, I'm going to play it. We're going to have it to end the episode tonight. That's why we had Michael on here. Um, Thank you. It is a thank you for coming re- on, man. Yeah, this has been a lot released, of fun. This has been dope. Yeah, you released "Tell Me I'm Wrong" yesterday, which is a jam, by the way. Thank you. It is I, like I, I haven't told you this, but I probably listened to it like sixty times at least. Like, and that's like <laughs> that's probably underselling how many times I listened. Yeah, to it. that's perfect. He fun. said the same thing to me whenever he came in, and I I told you I did not know anything about it because I hadn't seen the post or anything. And when I first heard it, the first thought I heard, or thought was. This is a radio song that you're going to hear repeat, repeat, repeat. And the other thing I thought was we mentioned it earlier, like where do you listen to this at? Everywhere. 
There's yeah. nowhere that you don't. You could hear this in literally a sports arena. You could hear this in a concert. You could hear this at a wedding. You could hear everything that came to my mind. I was like, that's where you can hear it. So oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's a, so like, it, explain like kind of the direction that that you wanted to go with. A just this record. Like B. I mean, I know this is a lot, so we can right. touch. We can maybe touch on one thing and then go to the next part. But what direction? You wanted to go with this record. B, like, kind of what it means to you, and then what would you say is the meaning behind it? Because that's a question that I had a couple people ask me, like, what's this song about? I'm like, I'm, I'm never that type of person that, like, tries to say what a person's song is about because right. I don't know. A lot of times I'll just go on Genius and just see what the song's yeah. about. No, that's actually dope. I love that. Whenever yes. Genius did that, I thought that was really cool. I saw that on Spotify, and they were like, diving into the lyrics or whatever yeah. behind the lyrics super cool super cool but yeah, I, for those of you that don't know what genius is look it up when you have when you're looking for lyrics to a song if there's a certain line you have no idea what it's about it'll tell you what it's about odds are right. it's gonna because it, it, they've they've figured it out like through i don't know if it's like sourcing or whatever but like the artist explains why they wrote yeah. that and it's oh. super cool um un- not unfortunately so but like with tell me i'm wrong um like i said i kind of just put myself into a situation where you know, like, what is it that people... And, and, and you always want to make it as open as possible so that you can relate to it even more so. Like, people can have a, a better chance of relating to it. Yeah. You know, obviously, um, the song is a, about love lost or a, a failing relationship, but, like, the singer or the subject matter obviously wants it to work. Like, tell me I'm wrong. Like, right. please tell me I'm wrong. This is silly. Like... We are, we've, we've, uh, you know, if you want to look at it, like, we've overcome so much, how are we going to let this stupid little problem come in our way? Or whether it be like, you know, like, I have a problem in my, in, in my own life that's not about a relationship, that's just about this one thing that I struggle with, or this yeah. one thing that I, uh, you know, might need guidance on, like, th- it's better, in my opinion, to write songs like that, like, where you can, it's overarching, like, there's a couple songs that we'll have coming out on our first full length. Um, so to describe the, the direction of the record, it's kind of like we want to just write whatever's on our hearts in a sense. And like I said earlier, I'm, I'm with the with an unbelievably talented group of musicians and uh, and writers. Um, you know, Mike, uh, our bass player, writes wonderful songs that are completely different than different than the stuff that I write. And then our guitarist Teddy writes completely different songs than the stuff that I'm writing. So like that's already like a huge positive for us so like we're gonna have such diverse music you know not like one song metal one song rap but yeah. one you know all in this overarching genre that is Americana music um, I would say that the direction of our uh, first full tangible multiple song release would be that we want to show you that we can do a lot of different stuff so this this also wasn't on here but I, it's crazy how many questions come into your mind yeah. when, when stuff is going on here so was this song your all's first release either A, or was it A, because this is the only song you guys have done, or B, you guys felt like this is the song that you wanted to represent you all? That's a great question, because we have like 30, if not more, ideas, or if not completed songs ready to go, I feel like. I say 30, and that's like overarching, but like realistically, like I, as St. Jude, wrote and sent to these guys probably 10 to 15 to 20 songs. Uh, Mike and Teddy have been writing together for a couple years. They've been in, they've been in the same groups. Um, you know, Mike has songs. We we constantly constantly like 
voice memo each other and tell each other like what we have on our minds or like hey I'm writing this song Teddy is writing an awesome song right now that we want on our next like release so like the way we're doing this we're doing a single and then we're going to have a couple more songs and that's going to be one project and then that project will you know be out for a few weeks and then we'll have another single and another couple songs to support that one single and then finally on our third release I think we're going to try to put it all together and compile one big tangible CD and at that point in time I think our goal is to have music written by all of us music written by some of us and then just like you know put it together to make it our thing that almost sounds like and like i didn't even think about this at all until like you said that but like watching bohemian rhapsody like a month ago like that almost sounds like exactly what queen was yeah like queen had music written by every person in the band Mm -hmm. and then like Bohemian Rhapsody, which if you haven't seen that movie, by the way, it's fantastic. It's kind of messed up in some parts, but it's a fantastic movie. It may just be that big because I love Queen, but there was when he talks about writing Bohemian Rhapsody, it just came to him and he was telling people what to do, and like it's so nuts. And like I feel like that's kind of like what you're saying there. No, no, like um, you know when when we were in the metal group, whenever I was in the metal group, I didn't write much anything. Like, realistically, I didn't write nothing because the guitarists bring to the table a riff and then the drums and bass add it on. And then once it's all one loud mess, the vocalist gets to put his lyrics on there, which is cool. I, 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 I'm not the greatest lyricist either. I feel like that's a huge um, part that I, not that I struggle with, but, like, it's not a strong point of mine. I can sing and I can write a melody, perhaps, but, like, when it comes to subject matter of a song, I look to other people's lyrics sometimes. You yeah. Know? I, I, I write plenty of songs and I have plenty of lyrics of my own. But, like, that's a, not a strong suit of mine. So I look to Teddy and I look to Mike and Scott and Simon. So, like, hey, let's craft this. Here's a chord progression that I have. What could we What could we sing and write about? Break that down. What's a chord progression? Chord For progression some people that don't be, know. Uh, if I picked up my guitar and I didn't sing at all, but, like, maybe I had, a maybe I had like, a melody in my head or whatever. But, like, I needed chordal, like, Support, so I yeah. needed to strum chords to help me out. And if I come up with this, oh, this is a cool verse chorus progression, like this could be used to go into something big. Yeah, it's just like here's like the foundation that. for the house. Yeah. You guys help me build the walls exactly. and the roof. Exactly, exactly. And that's and that's what that's why earlier when I said like this is the most exciting thing I've been a part of because it is like I'm actually a part. Not to say I wasn't a part of the metal stuff. But yeah. Like and quite honestly, being a vocalist, you have a lot of attention on you, and I didn't necessarily like that. You you're like oh like you're like the face of the band. Like dude, I didn't do. Jack, I didn't do anything in this. All I did was put my vocals on it. Like, well, you, I felt you did write that song about Raylan. No, I wrote the lyrics for that. Yeah, yeah. I, and I wrote, you know, like the lyrics are mine, and I take that to heart. I love that, but like sometimes I feel like my lyrics aren't good enough, and like that's a, now it's my own personal struggle. But like I feel like when you come together to collab, now collaborations can be between two different artists that are well supported already. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do a collab with them and be on the same track, or whenever you collaborate with just your fellow like bandmates um, I feel like bigger and better things come out of that you know tell me I'm wrong like I said I wrote that song if you will but like I did not come up with this arrangement like this was a full on all of us put in the exact same amount of effort yes. Teddy wrote the uh, City's Burn guitarist parts so good Teddy Teddy is a fantastic guitarist Mike is an unbelievable like structure analyst type of guy to where he can take things and like just either put it onto paper like like this is what's going to happen and you need that 
He's so yeah. analytical and so perfect. Like we work so well together because he fills in my gaps and I fill in his. I feel like um, Scott, great musician, the dude can pick up a cello and learn teach himself how to play. And he's our string. Uh, he's our steel guitarist. So like he taught himself how to play steel to be in this band. It blows my mind to be a part of that. And yeah. then Simon, our drummer, great dude, great dude. He's just finishing up college, so I haven't really got a chance to really hang out with him enough. But like he is all about this, and he's one of the you know the greatest beats I feel like I've messed with. So just to be a part of something huge like that is awesome. And I want our music to reflect that. I want it to be... Well, I mean, it's crazy that you bring up all those points because the people that I showed the song to, one was, dude, those drums are so good. <laughs> Two was, well, everyone said your voice, but your voice. And then the other one I told you today, I showed it to uh, one of the guys in the uh, marketing department I work. He was like... Dude, that steel guitar is haunting me, dude. It's just like, oh, it's getting me like, no, it's tugging my heartstrings. A lot to the table, I feel like. And Scott, being, uh, you know, we all have our certain roles in the band, and um, Scott, our steel guitarist, is also going to be like kind of our auxiliary guy, which means he'll go wherever he feels like he can add most to the song. If that means picking up another guitar, that's what he'll do. If that means picking up a mandolin, that's what he'll do. He wants to look at this song and be like, what does this need and how can I, as being in this role, how can I make it better? And I, I think the steel, in this in this sense, this the steel brings out everything. There's a sense of longing. There's like a sense of like nostalgia if you will almost yeah. and like kind of like and it's you know it's the yeah, kind of it kind of reminded me of like mason ramsey uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding you know, I, did, I just had to bring him up because we were talking we about talked him earlier, about that little kid earlier. <clears throat> Shout um, out to him. is there so i feel like most people now other than bj have already listened to the song BJ, I no, I'm saying earlier. BJ hadn't listened to it because he's not a good friend. No, um, because I'm under a rock. <laughs> under a rock. Is there anything that, like, you want people to – I tell you, I'll word this differently. Give some. Give the listeners something that you want them to hear to listen for. Oh, in the song in the, in the In the song. That's a great question. I would say that, like, I want you all to see – Nah. Okay, so like the way I look at music in some ways is like when we were talking about chord progressions earlier, I feel like when the when the verse hits and like, you know, you have that, we're bringing it down a little bit and I'm singing the first verse or whatever, I feel like what, and this is bringing it back to what the guys have done, uh, I had the chord progression completely different there. Yeah. And it, it wasn't necessarily bad, but it wasn't good. There wasn't enough, quote-unquote, movement going from chord to chord, taking you places. But when the guys were able to look at it and be like, no, I think this is what we should do. We should try out a different progression. I think the music, aside from the lyrics, actually support the lyrics in a really weird way. Like mm. like, like there's a, the first, you know, I'm seeing terrible, terrible things. We're making all types of mistakes. Like those two chords, when it changes to that minor chord, you're like, oh, wow, like there was a mistake yeah. made. Like, oh my goodness, there was a sense of you know, depression or something. There was a sense of like sadness there. And I think the chords and the music, aside from my voice, in like influence that or uh, what do you call it? add to it yeah. in a good way so that's what I would want people to listen to listen to all the parts listen to yeah. the sadness of the steel listen to the the brightness of Teddy's leads listen to the thumping bass and, and, and drums like listen to all of it is what I would say when I listened to it I picked up on a couple of different things it was exactly like you said each time you listened to it you felt 
differently and you heard something differently right. to it so the depth of that song to me was it's like i said i, I thought it was beautiful man it was it was a great song and i think a lot of people are going to love to hear it I, do you remember what i texted you the first time i listened to it because nah. you just gave it to me two days ago nah, and i texted you today. you sent it to me in an email and i was like i can't listen to it till i get in the car and then I started listening to it, and I said, I'm a minute and a half in. <laughs> That's right. And you were like, okay. And I was like, this is my favorite song that like you've ever done. Right. And you were like, wow. And I was like, oh, and I'm not even done yet. And then, But also, the last thing I want to talk about this. All right. Because there was a – I mean, if you have other stuff, that's fine. I'm just saying – uh, with what you're saying, I actually want to say two things. I'm sorry. Because no, I, I want to build off of what you're saying. All the stuff you were saying is the reason that I brought BJ on. I give BJ crap all the time. He gives me crap all the time. Right. That's but what like, we do. It's 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 amazing to hear that like pretty much everything that is successful or that you feel is going to be successful is the same thing. Yes, the process. It, 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 the process is exactly the same. Yes. I knew that like I was good at what I was doing. Right. You know that you're good at what you're doing. But when you can bring somebody into this situation yes. that fills in those gaps that you were talking about that you have and you and you feel, dude, it, how, I can I can like it's 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 crazy how much I can relate with it because how much easier is this now? Not, music's obviously not easy, and neither is podcasting and, and doing all the research that we do. But how much easier is it now, knowing that hey, I have this other support system in this band that is just as good as me, if not better, and they're better than me in other parts. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a wonderful thing. I don't know, I, I mean, it's, it's a perfect point to make about, like, collaboration or whatever and just bringing other people in that are just better at that stuff than you are. Yeah. Like, you have to realize that. You have to realize that there is, like, te- like I said, Teddy and Mike are, like, they fill in, and Scott and Simon, they fill in the stuff that I just can't bring to the table, and that would be silly for me to try. We actually, I mean, without getting too far into, like, the background of our music and stuff, we were we were planning on doing everything ourselves uh, when it comes to mixing and mastering, which is an art form. Um, and we, we recorded everything ourselves, like the act of recording it and putting it on a file and stuff. We, we will do that ourselves. We can, we can figure that out. But we all agreed that, like... <clears throat> It's just not our place to mix and master this in a sense. Yeah. We we don't need that. It's not a stressful thing because some, some bands that do it all themselves, I'm not dogging on you by any means. Please do your thing, boo-boo. That's awesome. I'm just saying, like, we brought in our dude Cliffy, and Cliffy Madden has been a staple in the area for a long time for mixing and mastering. And, like, we don't even know what we would have done if we hadn't have brought him in just to, just to have his – because we know that he is just – you know, and an extension are, of you, yeah, pretty like much. He, yeah, he, he knows, knows what you guys are looking for. Yeah, and he, he knows how to make audio sound better. Now, there are plenty of other producers in, in this region alone that are fantastic, and we would have loved to have worked with all of our uh, all of our other friends, too. There's nothing necessarily wrong with anybody else, but like we just knew that Cliffy, being the type of dude he is and understanding where we are, that we needed to farm this out, for lack of a better term, to somebody else so that they can just help this happen for us. Yeah. Now, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with people that want to do everything themselves. And there's definitely nothing wrong with like, I need, I need a mixing and mastering engineer to look at this and make this sound 
amazing. And he's the reason why it sounds as good as it does. You know, because if we took all of his effects and stuff off of it and you still heard our music, yeah, you'd get the idea of a song, but it doesn't hit. It's not going to sound like Creed it's, Shreds, right? Yeah, it's going to If you guys have never seen that, by Creed the way, Shreds. go look at Creed Shreds. Creed Shreds, the best video it's ever It's so made. It's so good. I'll show it to you when we finish this episode, BJ, because it's, it's you're going to be like, what the heck is going on? No, it's, okay. it's perfect. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, but I have not. It's uh, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's um, it's so funny. No, it's a it's a good question. Like you know, you, you there are people that are good at things, and you need to either bank or rely on that talent, or you're just you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. in my opinion. Absolutely. But Michael, brother, I love you. Thanks love for coming you too, on, man. man. Thanks for it's, having me been fun it's been a, honestly a, a lot longer than what i thought it would be oh, no, I but i'm that. not upset with it at all because like no. i just felt like everything was yeah. just like great no i thought it was a good i had a great time thanks for letting me come on here also thanks king side for letting me represent us um like the and uh, like not the misconception that this is my band or whatever because it's not necessarily my band at all and i don't want people to think that so please know that it is I'm 20%, or if not less, of this whole group. And um, I know if they could have been here with me, they would have. And it takes... You know, it takes a village to be able to put this type of stuff and out. Dude, we would it. we would love to have you guys on maybe a different time, like when you either a about to drop the album and, yeah. and do that stuff. Yeah. I, we, I mean, I'm, I don't want to speak for BJ, but I don't think he would. I'd love to have all you guys on because no. I would love to get to know those guys too, yeah. and I'm sure everybody would. Yeah, no, that, no I think that's perfect. I know, I know the guys are excited about this and they, they they wanted me to thank you guys too so thanks for letting me come on this is awesome absolutely i, I absolutely enjoyed it well yeah. where right now can they check it all out as well too all i right. want to make sure so we hit that facebook and Bandcamp and youtube are the only three that we have up right now um those are all pretty popular those are though. all pretty popular yeah. uh we will be on spotify apple music and uh itunes I believe by the end of the week, it takes a few days. Yeah, but like all of it's in motion. Yeah, that's so crazy. They don't tell you that, man. When you're making stuff, because yeah. when I'm when I first made this podcast, it takes like five days for them to approve what you're doing. Yep. And you're like, all right, maybe it won't take that long. No, it takes that long. No, it takes yeah. that while. I forgot who it was, but there was some big artist that. Man, I wish I would know, but like there, it was like, all right, I'm dropping on this day, and it wasn't ready. Whoops! My bad, guys. That's hysterical. But Michael, like I said, man, love your brother. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this song. If you haven't listened to it yet, enjoy it. Come back and listen to it again. Okay. I'll post the, I'll share the video on our uh, Facebook page as yep. well. Since apparently BJ hasn't seen the video, the the post on Facebook, just to make sure he sees it too. Thank you. Uh, but but guys, enjoy this song uh, and let you know that um, I heard it before a lot of you guys did. <laughs> so enjoy the song. Yeah.
Sick and tired of this, it's in 